This sit down is with Sienna Rouse. Um, she is currently residing in Nashville. She is a poet and somebody who is um, who I had a blast getting into it with in regards to um, society, race, change, lack of change, creativity, poetry, different types of mediums and how they compare with each other. Um, we kind of bounced all over the place and I really enjoyed it. Um, in terms of her work, uh, she is the author of the poetry chapbook Vanta Black, which was published in 2017 by Third Man Books. And she's the co-host of the forthcoming Third Man podcast Reverb, that's re slash verb, uh, with fellow poet Kendra DiCallo. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that, uh, that name right. Um, she's also the poetry editor of the journal Word Piece. So you can look that stuff up if you would like. Um, and you can also find her through her website, Sienna Rouse. Um, either way, I had a blast with this one. And uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy listening in with us. Here we go. favorite murder yeah oh it's several years old i think i started listening maybe a year and a half ago okay but yeah it's just two comedians and then i actually listened to one about the handmaid's tale the television show yeah which is and it's huge. also two comedians right. okay breaking who, it down yes okay who taught who are obsessed with margaret atwood the author of the book okay so i love it because they're able to talk about the book and this show but I'm, as you were talking about comedians being on there, I was like, oh yeah. Several of the podcasts have, yeah. have nothing to do with comedy necessarily, but they are funny people who are leading yeah. these podcasts. And maybe it's the whole thing where if now you can distribute it with you know one audio recorder and a couple mics in the internet, in who doesn't need writers as much to just, you know, those guys can just, those they just move you know right, so right. it's kind of cool to see the streamlining of that millions of downloads on some of these things um i think the true crime probably is di- it's, that's a different avenue that's like storytelling right and not usually a comedian interviews. doing it right but. yeah that would ruin the whole thing yeah. <laughs> but no they're hilarious yeah, i mean i'm like somebody it's so funny i have a friend who said i would love i need a really uplifting podcast or no I can't remember how she asked it, but she's Uh like, I need to hear something good. Okay. And like, fun. I don't want to heavy anything. And I was like, this Mm, sounds crazy, but... True crime. (laughs) Real murders. Trust me. (laughs) This podcast about murder is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And terrifying. Yeah. But, you know, every episode ends with like, stay sexy and don't get murdered. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a... I get the tone from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never... When a story is based on a true story, that's a really good thing, apparently, if you're trying to pitch it, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or even with audience, people, like, when people say we should go see a movie, they say it's based on a true story. Uh, and true crime is cool. But I also never, I'm good with even just, you're going to make up a story about it, I'm just as engaged. I right. think, I think, and maybe not. Maybe subconsciously, I'm, I'm, it really is, I'm thinking this actually happened, so it's even more amazing. You know what I mean? Universe, the universe wrote this story. For right, crime, you right. You know what I mean? Um, I don't fake think I crime. How, the two. You don't even. It's just storytelling. Yes, I, don't think you, I know. I, don't I think do. I do think all of it is storytelling. I guess there because everybody says to me like true. You know what I mean? It's you. I yeah, no, know. it's a phrase mm-hmm. and it's a thing. I mean, and even I'm writing a series of poems about 
of true crime. Yeah. And I do find whenever I share them aloud with people, they are fascinated by the fact right. that this happened, that they hadn't heard about it. Yeah. And then that I'm exploring it through poetry. Right, right. Okay, so, and even people that, everybody says, I've heard people say, this is an easy, it's not even true crime, but dark, scary stuff. Stephen King must be so dark, which is not, that's hilarious, because they also are doing, what's the one with Tom Hanks where, um, that I watched alone and bald to in the prison, uh, with the big dude who's oh, like. the Green Mile. Yeah, It okay. was filmed here, I think. Yeah, in Tennessee somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So that's Stephen King. And, and, and oh, right, um, right, right, right. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, right? So a lot of warm... Mm-hmm. I mean, that's heavy, but also... Uh, and same with the audience stuff, too. There, I, there's something... That, I've been thinking about this more just because I've been thinking about the reality of life and how it's got to be okay to a degree that bad things are happening and that people are starving and stuff because it's happening. Um, and then the, the goal is to be in the middle of that to where you're not... You don't care. Not that you don't care and not that you don't talk to your family because you're trying to feed everybody, but how do you stay alive long enough to help it? Um, so kind of part of that is examining how dark stuff can get and, and that, and that it's okay to look at that and that each of us has some crazy, like it's us and it's our ancestors of like all the stuff we've been through. So I guess I, I don't know what it is besides just what is that fascination? What have you been seeing or what, I don't know what, what draws you to it? Right. Of just like, man, it can get, murder levels you know what i mean right all the time is that Uh, the best way to say it murder levels all the time no i (laughs) i actually really like that phrasing of it i do think there is something about the fact that it could happen to us at any moment yeah um and you know for for personally for the poems i've been writing i have felt deeply connected to them because uh the day I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, is also the day that the one of the first children went missing. Okay. Um, in this murder spree for two years. Okay. And so I often, you know, my parents often would talk about how when I was born, black children were being killed in Atlanta. Yeah. And I remember hearing that as a kid, and then hearing it more uh, in high school and never really asking a lot of questions about that. Yeah. But I just kind of had this almost... What did you say? Oh, let's, yeah. I'm late for school. And it's like, I'm pretty sure I heard what I just right, heard. Right, yeah, okay. right, But as an adult, I've started exploring a couple of things that I... I have never felt that invincibility that high school students typically feel of like, okay. oh, I can do anything. I don't know. I've always thought that at any moment I could be done here. Right, right. Like I could be killed. I could yeah. be in a car accident. Like any, at any moment, all of this time on earth could end. Sure. I always felt that. And so as an adult, I just kind of started exploring. I wonder if it's because of this. Right. Because I was born at a time where children right. were killed. And the, and then that information was presented to you. It wasn't like we got to keep, you know, right. we can't. Yeah, they weren't have, like you know. shielding me from it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. My parents did that with a lot of things. My dad was a United Methodist pastor. Okay. And so Oh, that's okay. Got he had to, to deal that. with a lot of heavy things. You know? My dad was a pastor for a time too. Oh, really? Yeah, Presbyterian. Okay. So I don't know what that 
I thought that back then I was like, we're the laid back ones, but I don't know what that means. Everybody probably thinks they're the laid back ones. Right, right, yeah. Anyway. Uh, The Methodists are just all over the place. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But um, everybody else is kind of like crazy, but we're so reasonable. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely thought we were more reasonable than the Southern Baptists. (laughs) But um, yeah, I just think about how I remember being a kid and, you know, if someone in the church, there was a gal whose boyfriend accidentally shot himself. Yeah. It was an accident, but they were having an argument. He pulls out a gun, and then he ends up accidentally killing himself. Yeah. But she experienced it. And I just remember being like seven, maybe. And we had to get up in the middle of the yeah. night. And they were very honest about what happened yeah. Yeah. and why we were going to be in the hospital with this family. You right, know? right. Or if they're, you know, my one of my dear teacher friends. I mean, like, she was actually the kindergarten teacher at our school, but also a dear family friend and also a member of the church. She was married to an abusive alcoholic. And so, yeah, yeah, like, it just even dispelled what you think your teachers are going through because my parents couldn't hide that because in the middle of the night, our family, and it was, our whole family was in the ministry, you Uh know? Yeah. So... Then we'd have to talk about, okay, this is what happens when you're in an abusive alcoholic situation. Right. They just had to deal with very real issues. Or I was talking to a friend the other day about how um, I was her, you know, children's age and her boys are like almost five. And I was having to talk about race with my family and she's just like, what? And and in some ways she thought that's insane but growing up black in south carolina yeah i'm glad because my first like explicitly racist experience was when i was six yeah so you need to talk i need to talk about it ahead of time yeah yeah no so yeah we just kind of grew up without uh we never had these like major conversations about sex drugs or like there was no let me lay down all the laws but we had those conversations in dealing with issues that were going on yeah in the community that my dad was always having to deal with. Yeah. Because he's in some sense, a center point of that community, right? Right. right. Called the, um, hospital and the priest. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's also that level of, with any family connected to the church, that boundary of how much can you share about the reality of everybody's a real person. Right. So for the per- certain part of the, and I don't want to force it too much in this direction either, but for a certain part of the congregation, there might be, um, on purpose or not a pedestal that, that he's having to be put on which is just kind of exhausting you know what I, mean? right. That's, I saw a lot of that you know a lot of the good stuff but all, a lot of the like oh wow you this is this is a weight you're carrying for these people yeah yeah for sure but uh, got the... but i don't know I, I feel like when certain things really hit the fan when life is on the line maybe that, that helps wake everybody up to like the reality of that you know what i mean when somebody dies you realize we're all people we're all real you know what i mean yeah yeah, anyway, that's... Um... Yeah, I never had to... Uh, I feel like sometimes parents treat their kids as if everything is Santa Claus. Right. So if we can just pretend that the sure. world is this way. And I just, I never... going to be great until you're 17, and then it's going to yeah. collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you hate me when you're 17? <laughs> Why are we fighting so much? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I learned very early. Right, yeah. That, oh. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing too is the whole, I mean, every generation looks back and thinks how are we parented or how is are, are different people being raised and waking up to the reality of life at age, 
zero, one, two, or 17. You know what I mean? The concept of, um, these terms I always hate, but I've been, I've ha- I have to do some research on for education's sake, like what's the next generation coming up in the idea of lawnmower parents? You know what I mean? I know, right? Shake your head. Um, yeah, I, shake I've your head never, and squint I've your eyes. Like, what are you talking about? Right. So that was what, what was the, the thing that was this, dangerous back in the day, maybe right, right? right back right. in the day, the last, the last day, you know, there's mm-hmm. always, but this is where you uh, mow down things ahead of time. And then there's a, there's a path that comes, you know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Where there's a path, you know, before you don't even have to worry about watching. It's like before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I almost feel bad when when I'm when I'm being when I'm discussing this with professionals in the education world because I feel like we're talking behind their backs. This whole generation of people that aren't in the room, you know what I mean, and almost talking trash on them um, and realizing like I just see there's truth in it too. If that's true, I see some of these uh, younger people coming up and they're super solid in a lot of other ways. So a, a lot of them are withdrawing from all the bogus stuff or don't even have social media because they, right. they sense something is so beyond suburb that this is, you know, this is weird. We need to create a reality where we see our friends and, and, um, mm-hmm. it's not just an internet thing. I don't know. I, I I'm kind of getting off on a, on a side point there, but that whole question of, um, I look at some of the things that I'm thankful to have not known about, like this could happen, this could happen because I know myself and I don't need to think about the financial stuff or the health stuff, the realities that, you know what I mean? Um, but there's also certain things where I cannot believe that more people like that we didn't see that we weren't taught about stuff at a younger age. And I cannot believe that that's being encouraged and has been, and that it continues to because sooner or later you got to help grow food or you got to get a job or something. Right. And so you, you don't get a free, I don't know. I don't want to be too negative, but you know what I mean? No, People I are mean, dying and you got to get food. So like that's the end reality. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Just kind of basic resiliency and right. and ways of navigating the world. I saw on television. Kids I think, are more capable than we realize. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I think maybe just yesterday, but they were doing some. I never even watched television news, but it happened to still be on. So yeah. Um, they were talking. It's jarring, about... right? When you don't watch it much and you see it, you're like, "This is real. This is a anyway." <laughs> yeah. uh, but this was a quick little segment about uh, adulting classes, yeah. I guess, and they were teaching, you know, twenty somethings how to adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I hate that phrase, adulting. Okay, cool. Um, I hate it, but I kept. We've already touched several phrases in the right, last yeah, that we all... 90 seconds that are stressful. Like, but... oh, I don't want to say yeah. more apparent. Anyway. No, but I, I sat there and I was like, really? And it just was like basic classes of how to right. boil an egg or, you know, how to fill out tax forms and just things that we had to figure out. Right, right, right. And so I found myself judging it. And then I also had moments where I was like... I could probably take that class now. Right, like, yeah, yeah. There's some things that I still What want. age are they teaching them? I needed that in high school. They're teaching in middle school now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, but it's, but they're basically talking about how these kids graduate college literally not knowing how to do anything. Yeah, yeah. And then they're out in the world and they don't know how to just make a friend. Sure, sure. Just basic socialization. Or there was an article recently talking about how teenagers aren't getting aren't having sex anymore. It's like they're not... Teen pregnancies are down, okay. but they're literally not having sex anymore. And not just because... Because they're not interacting physically. they're, like they're not, not interacting. Yeah. They are just terrified 
And I'm like, oh, no, go uh, screw each other. I yeah. don't know. Just go out. <laughs> just start by going outside. <laughs> if it leads there, great. Yeah. You want to just play hacky sack, that's fine, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, but you know, eventually get romantic, for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, or just know each other. It's it's insane. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Um, and I've maybe touched on, I mean, I have touched on this, but it, the danger of, for me, it was seeing, uh, um, documentaries on creatives or his people in history that I really respected. And that kind of said, okay, this is what I'm going to work at. This is what I deal with. This is what I'm going to, you know, you start to cr- see your future and base it off of the, your four favorite documentaries of what, whatever you saw, you know what I mean? Um, nowadays, every day you wake up as, a, as maybe a 13 year old, there's, everything is being documented and the best part of everything. Right. Um, and so all you see is the fifth time somebody tried to take that shot. They don't post the first four that they missed. Right. So, um, this illusion, I don't know, this illusion of having to be amazing, not being able to ever strike out. I get it. Why it's scary to, um, apparently people are raising their hand less in class like you should it's encouraged maybe to start putting people in groups more okay you know and this stuff cycles too like apparently the a lot this generation coming up is similar to the baby boomers so every time everybody starts to get stressed because they don't relate to what's coming it apparently part of it starts to cycle back around and it's like chill out this is a three or four generation kind of cycle yeah but now you're throwing in internet everything and that's you know, I get uh, the humanity cycle is probably strong, but that's a pretty big one throwing, you know, throwing an Instagram into the cycle. You know? Yeah, so, I definitely think it. Yeah, I feel bad for them. Changes. Yeah. But a lot of them are getting off of it. Yeah. And. Yeah. There's something deep inside. They're they somehow even if they're 12, aware that it's fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, in, a, in a lot of ways, more than us who saw it grow from nothing and kind of got the slow, maybe, it, I don't know. It's, if they're growing up in it, there's some sort of slow boil. But this thing was nothing, and now it's everywhere. So for us, it just kind of grew into it. I yeah. feel like if all of a sudden you're going from playing on a playground to having to deal with Instagram, I can see a knee jerk eventually. Yeah, Whatever. yeah. But but that's the other thing too is what a blessing to be in a place um, where you can worry about a boiled egg too, right? Where that's the third thing on the list that you got to make sure you cover and that's <laughs> kind of sending but you know what i mean like when there's other realities um here in america or across the world i guess for me every one, the more i learned about that if it's how many kids in nashville are homeless right and i'm it's a hip i'm kind of doing a hip shot i feel like three years ago it was like 56 65 which does i don't know if that's big or not but that's in like um Homeless children of all the of all the homeless shelters, the actual kids of a certain age, maybe that's low. But when I heard that number, I was like, okay, that's this is our city. We can get this figured out. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. It gets anyway. I always start to get as a youngster. I feel like I would get stressed. I'd worry about everybody. And what mm-hmm. am I doing? I'm in a basement. I got to go to school, and I can't like, you know, if, if there's a war somewhere, what can I do about it? Right. You know? Like um, in a crippling kind of way, or I don't know. I I don't know. I I. I no, no, I don't think so. I just think I was aware of it and worried, so maybe to a degree bad, but that's just a part of waking up in life and realizing the balance of what you can control mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. what you're witnessing, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I think I'm just trying to get at, or I don't even know what I'm trying to get at, but the idea of, um, I think it's right back into the same thing, this balance of 
how do we really worry about being on time to go Christmas shopping when we remember at whatever age I was being taught this, or I saw this, or I, or even last week this happened to my cousin, and I, and I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. This person is in the hospital. That whole balance. This is nothing new that I'm touching on. Yeah, um, I mean, and so you need to solve it now with this answer. <laughs> with this, go for it. <laughs> one answer. Yeah, yeah. No, but no. I mean, I wish, I wish I had an answer. It's a good season to see it, right? The whole Christmas thing. Well, I mean, I think. Obviously, every season is a good season, or yeah. it's an important season for us to see it. Mm. Um, I guess an easy time to see it, right? But yes, I think it is a time where we reflect on it more, where media shows us more. You know, mm-hmm. like this is when these stories get the coverage. Yeah, yeah. Or when we feel more generous, so we start to, we do ask, you know, what can I do about it more? Yeah. Um, and I think. I think we need to ask that all the time, Small honestly. Steps. And I know it's 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 hard because you, you we want we don't want to be crippled by it, or we have this desire to be at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, I was uh, talking to a group of college students the other day, and someone asked, "Do you think you'll ever write a happy poem?" And I'm like. I've written plenty what? of happy poems, yeah. but uh, obviously a lot of them aren't, or they're heavy. They're sure, heavy sure. topics, and I think that you know, on there's joy sitting on the mourner's bench. You uh-huh. know, so they they're just every all of that's right next to each other, and maybe that's you know, here I had a birth while children were dying, you right, know? Right. So it kind of, like, these things are right next to each yeah. other. I, I, that, I feel safe when I hear a story that acknowledges a, he, a, a real heaviness, and not just to let's go into the darkness because it's art and everybody dies. Just right, cause right, it's, yeah. You know, but but, but a, a real heaviness, and then not uh, not an ease uh, that comes from non-heaviness, but maybe an ease that comes from it's okay, or we're in it together, or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think, it, you know, it would be a fallacy to only focus on the joy, and also an equal fallacy to only focus on yeah the sorrow. Uh, but we have to, I, you know, I sometimes want some of those things to keep me up at night, because if they don't, then we uh-huh. won't figure out a you know uh-huh. a way to solve whatever the number of homeless children is right, in Nashville right. and there there are solutions and so i want it to keep me up at night yeah. sometimes and i want it to keep someone else up at night and i would love for it to be someone that makes the laws who right. also is just up at night saying yeah. how the fuck do we fix this right um and and if it's not the person making laws i want it to be me writing a letter and not just saying like, "Oh, I want to be at peace." Um, I hear you. I don't know. There's and again, there's I don't know. Balance isn't the thing, but allowing allowing all of that emotion, I think, to sit next to each other. Yeah, being willing to go. You don't have to be in it all the time, but being willing to go into the place of this is heavy. Yeah. Okay, I can't. I don't see that I can beat this immediately, but I'm going to sit in it and see what I can contribute. You know what I mean? Even just being able to make eye contact with the people here. Yeah. 
Um, well, and even just being able to ask, how am I already, like, how am I contributing already to the problem? Not yeah, just, uh-huh, mm-hmm. how do I contribute to the solution? Yeah. Because a I lot think I'm thinking of, about more immediate moments, like immediate, like, crisis or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, like, just being able to sit In the broader sense, definitely. What can yeah. I not do today also that's... Right. Yeah, and yeah. I, you know, I think we often will think of, like, I, I, I was talking to someone especially in regards to race. Obviously, I write a lot about race, yeah. and it's a thing I've been talking about since I was <laughs> four. But um, as soon as I could have a conversation, we were talking about this. Yeah. But uh, I was like, you know, often I think we think of race of like, how can we fix this thing for the people who are being affected by racism? Especially like white people right. will think like, liberal white people who want to fix it like how can i help black people and asian people you know whatever okay but i think it's not so much about that but it's like what am i willing to give up to dismantle this lie that i've been told about whiteness right right like that's that's the question right and and what are the things that need to be dismantled what are the things i need to give up because that makes The white person, yeah, in a in a prison. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> so, so it's not just about like being ignorant to that, or the, or having to look at what I what I have to give up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the I think, waking up or the being asleep to that. The prison. Yeah, being I mean, asleep to that is yeah. the prison. But yeah. like, I think the freedom of it is like, oh wait, as soon as I can get out of what this lie is, right. then then not only am I free, but we're all free. Right, like, right, but it right. isn't just about like, oh, let me go help make it better for right let right. me stop cops from shooting black people it's like no there's this like bigger larger thing yeah that needs to be dismantled yeah and that will take just self-evaluation of like what have i what lies have i been sold and how can i be like oh wait this is a lie yeah which is well, I'm shaking my head and, say, and doing the sounds. I'm like, those people look at, you know, other people can't. It's going to be hard to make let people look at that. But everybody always says that, too. It's, you know, I'm open to it to a degree, you know, when I think about anything that I need to look at. But, man, even when you think I'm open to it to a degree, it's so funny to acknowledge any lie. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. And But the thing I'm picturing is this is, I don't, this is a visual of almost trying to go up over the top of something and reach back down to fix it versus versus backing back down to the base of it and then like creating a reality reality i I don't know that's just an image but it's the same idea to me as i'm gonna give back i'm gonna be make them become a millionaire and then really give back i hear you know what i mean right and then it's like okay but what if you spend your whole life just trying to be a millionaire and never get to the give back back part right yeah it's kind of it's going over the top and then i'll get back and pad this i'll give back once i but maybe just try to chill out some and and work back to the base of the problem. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. Whoever's listening to this doesn't say I'm like really going Italian with my hands no, all I, over the place. But <laughs> I don't know. It's still an abstract thing. Well, no, I know? love this. Actually, I was listening to the podcast on being, and uh-huh. I don't remember the guest's name. Okay. I'm terrible at that kind of recall. But um, he was talking about. Uh, was his voice as calming as the host's voice? Oh, I know. She's so calming. And he was actually super calming, too. They were great. They were great together. What was his name? Anyway, he basically was talking about, like, not trusting companies whose models are, like, there's a win-win. Okay. Or that 
essentially it's talking about like giving back rather than really thinking of like, wait, what can we give up as a company yeah. on the front end? Yeah. Build so it that, well versus giving back once you destroy. Right. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like how do you actually build it so that you're dismantling the things that are unfair in most companies? But right. often it's like the more you acquire, the more you can give back. But yeah, right. it's actually a very backwards way of thinking. Right. Right. Um, because meanwhile, you're trampling on a bunch of people, uh-huh. typically. Right. I mean, the, the way the systems are set up right. means that you're usually trampling on a bunch of people and then... And that's that balance of, okay, am I, are, are you robbing yourself of reality, which is the whole... We're, we're in this... And this is the whole, uh, the whole balance of it. Or is it like, I just saw that dude die. I'm running to that money, right? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm sorry. I love that guy over here who was my neighbor, but you know, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's so tricky when it's so uh, ruthless. I even feel like I see people in the system, this, this, and I, I'm trying not to be too broad here too, right? The yeah, system. Yeah. But even on the on this on the social identification and the and, and waking people up to the reality, I feel like I see people that get into these groups that are trying that are, are trying to do good, and it's the almost like uh, what do they call it? Um, something sabotage where they put a bad guy into the a good group that just causes trouble almost or gets divisive you know what i mean ah uh, yeah because i i feel like that's something that i'm almost getting stressed about whether it's politics whether it's social justice which is a stupid term too right so, you know but so <laughs> we're gonna use society, stupid terms today. <laughs> yeah ju- social justice yeah we're hitting them out but um agent provocateur is the term you right, know what i'm right, saying right. um and that even is a, something weird to talk about because because um, it's almost even dangerous to say that because then you feel like you like if there's if there is a I'm, it's easy to maybe think about Republican and Democrat with taxes and giving back and stuff. But that is so charged. Right. 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 But but there will be people it's easy to talk about, too, because it's politics. So you can also remove yourself to a degree. But um, people on either side of that that are either saying let's lower taxes to uh, prevent or to stem innovation, mm-hmm. which there's, but they're saying that so that people get more money, even though there's truth in, you know, and then there's the other side of we need to raise taxes to help more people, mm-hmm. but they're only doing that to overweigh a system that's, that's, oh, you know what I mean? So I feel like I'm seeing people and, and maybe I'm just looking for the people that I don't trust. Yes. In part that are trying to do the things that I believe. And when they give their speeches, I'm agreeing with them. Right. But they know behind the scenes, we can't fund either of these things. You know what I'm saying? That is, that's something that's stressing me a lot, a lot recently, even in, in the last year or so. Yeah. You know? but that's nothing new to politics, whether or not a politician is, is being honest. But I'm almost seeing that in society some, as we're dealing with important issues I'm trying to be sensitive and and aware of even how much I'm trusting the person that's trying to to deal with it and talk about it and whether they're trying to do it to actually p- progress. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's I just mean, weird. I, you... I see the right and the left almost becoming over policey, if that makes sense. Um, push. It's getting more radicalized. So I'm just getting stressed out because I used to see that more on the right and and not as much with the left. But I feel like both sides are almost uh, getting mad at their own more. Yeah. Is that, is that well, make sense? I mean, I think once uh, what the right has been so good at for so long is fear. Right. And I think 
the left is all of a sudden afraid. Yeah. And so with fear, there becomes that like. Sure. Ah, sure. It just heightens the tension and, and the yeah. anger and the. Yeah. I mean, it's got how polarized our nation is and how. I, I just want us to. It's one of those things where I just wish there was this reset button that we could hit on yeah. not relying on politicians to swoop in and save us, mm-hmm. but to really reconnect with how are we living into the American dream. And when I say American dream, I in no way mean finances. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not just finances. Maybe. Yeah, not just, mm-hmm. but not in the way that we think about it. But I think about how what we wrote into the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and all of these things that the nation was founded upon. Yeah. The things that we wrote were not actually the things we were living at that time, right? Like mm-hmm. people were writing about equality into these sure. laws and people weren't equal. Or, yeah. you know, And that was the uh, sleeping snake under the table. They said, this is great, we're signing this, but there is a sleeping snake under the, t- under the table. Yeah, yeah. And there's always one or two or, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. What a great term. I don't know who, I forget who said that, but. No, I don't, I don't remember either, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, even just, there, it was built upon so much violence, but then we have declared ourselves a more peaceful nation. Sure. And just all of these things that I think, essentially what, uh, perhaps smart people were doing at the time was kind of creating a dream with these, Uh with the constitution of who we could be. And what we have done is decided that's who we are. And so we've kind of like rested in like, Oh, we are this wonderful nation of immigrants. Uh And, but then we haven't ever been that thing. Right. And so I kind of just want to say, let's reset. And Yeah. yeah, let's all, work towards that dream because I think that other financial American dream um, may really live next to that if, right. if we were to do that part well. Yeah. If that other thing is even... Let's focus on that first thing and <laughs> see if that second step is, right. is even... Yeah, yeah. Like, let's not even focus yeah. on that second part. It's on the horizon and it, it, it might like? be a lake or it might just be what happens when, you know, the heat illusion... You know, what am I freaking... Uh, what's the word? Mirage, right? Right, I don't yeah. mean to be negative, but that, I, 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 I need jerk... You hit the uh, American dream phrase, right? I always need jerk to that because it's just like, what the heck are we talking about? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's not a sure. good way to say it, but... Um, I think it's maybe what was the best day of what was the best day of last month that's the new standard now I'm going to try to build from there you know what I mean where it's great after this war that we have certain industrial growth or something and there's more houses being built but I think of the whole right. like two car garage picket fence thing you know what I mean yeah. um, American Beauty that imagery that movie did a good job with that imagery right, from far right. ago um yeah, but so here, then the question, what are the things that we can actually do? I feel like there's, I, I don't mean to keep coming back to that, but I feel like there's so many people that say they're trying to help reset it, and they're not actually, not, and not, they're not actually trying, not that they're not exceeding, succeeding, but, um, and that's one thing I think that's, stre- that, like I just said, is stressing me out some. Yeah. Part of that is like in, in, 
excuse me. In some of some of my classes too, we get into some really good conversations on this stuff because there's everybody a lot of diversity in those classes, and that's an interesting thing of just trying to celebrate the moments where we have made progress without denying the reality of the progress we haven't made. Like trying to take a moment with somebody that's different from me in some way, and even making a point when one class. One of my students shared something with me about how somebody in their family was uh, threatened over race, like a, um, something was left. I'm trying to be vague because this is somebody else's thing, right, you know. Right, but yeah. um, and and he showed me a photo of it, and it almost I, I was getting emotional. Even I'm getting a little emotional right now, or whatever, because this dude is, you know, you know him. He's 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 such a great dude, and so he's as we're talking about this race thing, we're all trying to acknowledge and celebrate the progress that we've made. And, and he's, and he was doing that while also saying like, this is also happening. You know what I'm saying? And I almost feel like I'm trying to, I'm just proud that we're doing, we're, we're do yet. It can't be off topic, right? It has to be on something that is part of the class, but I'm just excited that even if it's for five minutes at the start of class, all these different people are acknowledging it and they're doing a great job of communicating about it. They're not offending each other as much as I would have been told by the news and the way to work is yeah. telling me they're going to be. But even that, I'm like making the point after class to like, on break, shake, <clears throat> shake the student's hand and be like, right now in this moment, in this hallway, this is a moment of like, I'm really, we're shaking hands. This is great right now. And we're yeah. very different in some way. Yeah. Almost a way of saying, I see you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm excited to be seen by you. Right. Right. Like, I'm being seen. Yeah. Right. I, I, I want to be seen too. Right. right. This whole idea of just cause you have less money or you come from here, you speak this language, you're this skin color, I don't need to be seen by you. Right. That doesn't make sense to me either. Right. But part of my <clears throat> fear with that is is almost like when I go to that well of that moment with that student shaking their hand and being like, we we this is a good respect that we both feel and know even before we talk about this topic. Um, not wanting to bring that up as we're trying to see how we're going to reset, right? Because if I bring that up, it's frustrating because it's like, we got a lot to go, man. Are you just kicking back because you think every hallway is people shaking hands? Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's something that I see with myself just trying to be open to as we're as we're discussing these things, how do I acknowledge, just like what I said, the progress, yeah. but also not come off like I'm, I'm in denial of something or like, good, I don't even have to reach back and give back now because it's yeah. solved, right? right. Yeah. I know. Did you see I Am Not Your Negro? No, I'm aware of it. Yeah, totally. Uh, James Baldwin. So good. Uh, I forget who directed it now, though. I'm using the notepad. Oh, perfect. Uh, I loved... There was a scene where Baldwin is talking to Robert Kennedy, I believe, who says this thing about... Is this after he's come back to America? Like, what part... I don't know. I know the broad... I don't know. Yeah, Does is that even matter? testing my recall. Okay, that, sorry. Yeah, I don't remember now, actually. But, and I'm going to actually grossly paraphrase yeah, yeah. this okay, cool. as well. Uh, even though I love We're all reading about grossly paraphrasing. Oh, perfect. Uh, but, I guess the point I want to make with this yeah. is related to, I think in it, Baldwin, I mean, Kennedy says they've like achieved something. Oh, they've did. achieved something as far as... Uh, civil rights goes and and he's saying you know one day we'll be able to have a black president yeah in the country and 
in some ways it's like, oh yeah, we're progressing, we're baby stepping there. And then Baldwin was just kind of like, I mean, the fact that we have to say one day we could. Right. Like that's not a celebration. No. And so I think there is that sense, I get that tension of like, oh yeah, we've, we've progressed. But I also think we actually need, we need to be, until everyone sees every human as human, or at least the laws of the land. Yeah. And when I say the laws of the land, I don't mean just like the things in the law book, but literally how people rule the land. Excuse me, where every human is human and no human is more human than another human. Right. I mean, like, and that's just, we aren't there yet. Yeah. The idea you know? of a republic, right, where everybody has rights versus a democracy where 51% can get it, can take take the every, everything. Right. Not everything, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and we still are arguing sure. over whether someone is more human than another yeah. person. Right. You know, whether it's marriage sexuality or uh i mean marriage equality or race or you know i was listening to this podcast about the batson law Uh um which is basically the law about like having a jury of your peers and how you can't discriminate based on race because they actually found a lawyer's notes where they were specifically saying um they didn't want this black person on the jury. Yeah. Um, and so there's this law. Or several lawyers know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there were so many. Yeah, but in exactly. this particular gotcha, case. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like this idiot actually wrote it down mm-hmm. and there was a way. Let me just sign my name right <laughs> yeah. here. Let me, email this. Let me tell you how <laughs> racist I uh, am. One day there'll be, I would have emailed this in the future. <laughs> right. And so they were able to then create this law. So there's the law in the books that says you have to have a jury of peers and you cannot stack a law, you know, stack a jury against people based on race. There are still courses to teach lawyers how to get around that law. Right. That are just actual courses that people can take. Yeah. That are legal in society and yeah. so then you still have lawyers who are stacking their juries because they know that right. most black americans are going to be more skeptical of cops or right. oh, yeah. you know the system and more white juries are gonna just go with whatever the police are saying so of course a prosecutor is gonna love it if yeah. you could just go with what the police are saying so anyway they they teach them still. So it's like that's still a part of the law yeah. of the land, even if it's not actually on the law books. Sure, sure. Um, on the law books, if you glance at it, it looks pretty good. Right. But then here's you can take a 60-hour course on how to get right up paper thin to that law. Yes. You know? um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and so there's still and, – and that's just one example. So Right, right. What you still have are people deciding that their humanity is more human than other humans. Right. And so it's hard for me to celebrate progress based on right. something on a law book when still as we're living in the world. Yeah. But I, I mean, I also the, get it, though, because you want to be able to be like, hey, you white male, me, black female are yeah. sitting in this room together having this conversation I, yeah. that my parents, I mean, you know, my parents were a part of the first 
I mean, they remember integrating schools. Right. So they did not, you know, my dad remembers not being allowed into a, a shoe store to buy shoes. Right, right. Because he was black. So this is not something that they were able to do when they right. were younger. Right. So it's like, yes, oh, this is progress. And. And. We got baby steps don't. Not, yeah, not, yeah, it's like no. About. Actually, it should be it should be as simple as hitting a button. Hey, guess what? All of us are humans, right? So let's live that way. Yeah, but. and I, I think that the thing that comes to mind to me is almost in with certain relationships, I can go different speeds with this topic. That's the thing. So with certain people, I I am almost I want to make sure that we can stay still stay on the same page at pedal to the metal speeds mm-hmm. with in certain relationships, different race and acknowledge that we got to come back to just a, a slow speed. You know what I mean? Trusting and building a conversation. So that's the thing. Sometimes I just want to make sure that the, the, um, I want to make sure I hang, get to hang on to being able to go full speed. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot that's, of sense. That's what I'm focusing on. The fact that we're like, okay, this is working between me and this person right here is working, but like, okay, just cause that's great. We need to maintain that. I feel like to which it's not like we're not maintaining that, but we need to maintain that and celebrate that to even get, be able to bring that goodness and that good vibe and that like, okay, eye contact, we're in it together into this conversation. That's, that's way more like, Hey, something is on fire here. You don't yeah. understand. There's no baby steps. Right. Right. But to, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I was having this conversation with a friend and she said, I don't ever talk about race. She's a white woman who lives in um, California. Yeah. And she's like, I just, I don't. <laughs> and so then I went I was joking. I was like, oh, yeah, I've gone from zero to 100 because I just was like yeah. saying all of the things yeah. and having her answer these questions and just, like, oh, we're going to dive into it. And I realized, you know, again, I've had the benefit of talking about this since I was four. Yeah. Um, I've had I am comfortable being black in white spaces talking about this. Uh, I shouldn't say comfortable. I'm accustomed to it. Though, right, right. right. And uh, I recognize that a lot of white people aren't right just aren't and also that it's so charged especially on social media you know like so if you were to try to start having this conversation That's on social thing. media you go one mile an hour on social media with this yes. stuff and that is frustrating. That's, yeah, sorry, yeah. keep going. Well, and you shouldn't have to. Like, uh-huh. you should actually be able to be bold. Like, I mm-hmm. shouldn't be able to say, like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Let's, we don't need to stop and celebrate where we've come. We still have uh, so long stop to go. Stop and celebrate, no. Stay full steam ahead <laughs> and celebrate some of the good, yes. Yeah. But don't stop, anyway. But on social media, it is hard to do that. Because as soon as you make this bold statement, then someone, we're not, we're not hearing each other. We're not listening to each other. We aren't making eye contact, yeah. right? And um, even like even if this were to get uncomfortable in a conversation, the fact that we're able to make eye contact, see body language, um, d- decide to trust each other in this moment, uh-huh. like okay, let's. I'm going to trust that you can hold this discomfort. Yeah, and you just don't have that online, which is no, really no. sad though, because that is the way we primarily have this discourse is not just on social media, but like, you know, someone will write an article in 
the New Yorker or the Atlantic and it's great. It's so good. I'm glad. But then we aren't dialoguing about it around a table, which is what I hope we'll do more of. Which I think is part of this push for the, even this sort of thing, the audio, the long form conversation that, that it is such a common statement to say our attention spans are only 30 seconds. And there's part of that is true, but there is a, you can look at the download numbers on how many people are checking out three out two three hour conversations. There's yeah. a, the, the, sometimes I feel like they're they're trying to um, speak their own reality of making a public that's easier to distract. But we we do you know there is that hunger of like mm-hmm. we got to go deeper into whatever it is we're dealing with. Yeah. I don't know where that takes us, but <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I yeah I it's a different topic, but that idea of we're more capable of we think whether it's a youngster realizing the reality of something or whether it's somebody paying attention to an issue. Yeah. Um, the social media thing is just like we can't. How could we ever? Um, what we're asking of social media is absurd. It's like we're really stoked to find a, to get a screwdriver, and now we're trying to use it, use it, use everything. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. I th- I always I don't know. We go back to video talking, but. Whenever you get a drone camera, whenever you figure out how to do a split screen or whatever, you know, I feel like when I figure out how to do a split screen, I'm like, how do I do everything as a split screen? So same with social media. This is great. But um, a lot of this maybe then is coming back to how do we build communities where we're sitting together? Because that's the only way to really have this conversation and understand tone and understand that you, you had this awkward tweet. And then you, if you were in the same room five minutes later, you might have been cool. Mm-hmm. But that person is off to the next tweet now. So you just yeah. think they're going to they're a bad person forever you know what I mean yeah I think that's you know so poetry sales Ooh, this I'm interested you're about to talk about poetry sales stats yeah yeah, they've actually gone up in the last year okay cool good this is kind of jumping but it's related poetry sales have gone up in the last year and you know there are several different reasons for that but one thing and not all of them are like great poems that are being sold. But sure. I think one thing that is great about this or perhaps a reason for it is that there is this kind of short way of accessing the literature, right? So okay, the format sure, of poetry sure. is so short. So it it does kind of speak to that. And it's still a long format in processing mm-hmm. and spending time. Okay. So, like, even a short poem, you can spend, I mean, I f- can spend sure. months just returning to this uh-huh. these four lines. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not everyone is going to do it to that uh, um, extent. But I think there is this, most people don't immediately whatever quote-unquote get poems immediately or um uh i hate that phrase of getting a poem because it's not the point Uh but there is this sense of needing to spend time with it and i think there's something that's you said it immediately just even when you said getting it immediately right it's like the word immediately you're in hot water already Yeah, yeah 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 and perhaps people will are appreciating that there's someone that has something to say and has, you know, even the process of writing this short poem has often taken a lot of time to craft. Mm-hmm. And we aren't crafting our uh-huh. words, right? We're immediately retweeting sure. or or 
retaliating. Mm -hmm. And so there's something I think that's kind of comforting about having something so short that you still have to, that you know someone spent time on and that you get to spend time with. Oh, yeah. That almost feels like being at a table with someone, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or a Um, home-cooked meal or something. Yeah, yeah. And especially if you get by a whole collection, which people are purchasing now. Right, cool, yeah. Um, Then you're spending an entire whatever. I read them back to front. I mean, front Uh to back, but some people, you know, just kind of... Some people read them back to front. (laughs) Some people read them. You can do it that way. But however you approach the text... Yeah there's this sense that there's this this author, this voice that you can kind of keep returning to or spend a whole afternoon with, uh-huh. but then also return to it easily. I don't know. There's a comfort, I think, in poetry, um, even though it's felt uncomfortable to people for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in darker times, I think we turn to something that just feels good to put on for a little while. Sound read? What do you mean? Put on? Uh, I guess Watch, maybe anything. just spend time with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that last point there, are you saying sometimes something just easy or something just nice or what do you mean by that? Because that's almost I feel like you made a different point at the end there. Oh yeah. So what's comfortable about poetry, I think, yeah. ends up kind of being the dis-ease of it sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's because what happens is you know. My sister is an artist, a visual huh. artist, uh, but she finds that she keeps turning to poems and she's often like, what does this mean? And I'm like, what does it mean to you? Uh-huh. And, and kind of talking it through it with her. No, like no, that. no. What does it mean to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is something, and as soon as I read it, I know what she's connected to because I know her story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's comfortable. So even if I don't know all of what they're saying, I there's this comfort in the emotion that uh-huh. came up for me in this poem. Yeah. And and you almost want to chase that. And I think people love that now in a time where so much feels inarticulate. I, get, I know exactly what you meant you to say. You don't right know how to can't say, say yeah. a thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't Oh, how say. ironic, right? I'll say <laughs> Right, yeah. When you don't know how to say a thing, for someone to somehow... E- E- evoke that emotion uh-huh. within you and and to put words to it. Right. It almost feels like magic. Yeah. It almost feels divine. And it's there's such a good feeling. Yeah. To so, run across like, did you just say it like this? Oh man. Yeah. yeah. And even if you haven't, you know, there's a, a poet that I love and his collection is about um his journey with sobriety. And even though that's not my story, yeah. there's still something in the collection that feels so raw and real that I am able to connect to what's raw and real in my life. And I'm amazed that he was able to put language to that. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, I think we, I hope that's what's happening, that people are drawn to that. There's a comfort in that with, um, Sometimes you can think, I'm not building a house and I'm not, you know, growing food. So I feel bad that I'm doing art, you know, when you get in a real, you know, that whole thing. Not that you feel bad about it, but that idea. But right, even right there, the fact that you, um, this guy's writing about a topic and that's not what he's writing about. And you're connecting with him, not about what he's writing about. You're connecting with him about 
something he's feeling that is a tone. And then it, when, whenever that happens, it's it, the, the idea of um, disconnection or difference or um, just dis, disappe- just disappears in that moment, yeah. right? With you and whatever you're reading. Um, and then that's a physical experience that is proof to your to your DNA then that we're connected on a deeper level, right? Right. So that's encouraging that even that guy spending time, um, even though I had to build the fence all day, he didn't help me. You know what I mean? He's yeah. inside writing poetry. I'm not even focusing on that because I'm not. That's not something I'm really worried about. But it's just the yeah. idea of no. But it's, it's a thing that artists think about, right? And it's the focus of uh, the reality of having to contribute and make money to some degree or whatever you want to call it. But it's just the it's it's the I don't want to use the word celebration again, but celebration of um, how ironic. And how awesome that humans are so complex that you can spend your time arranging these colors and that's that will help me get out of bed in the morning. You know what I'm saying? And then I can go build that fence twice as fast because I looked at these colors you arranged. That's just me saying isn't art cool, you know, but what, yeah. the, what in the world? No, right? yeah. But it's only if we read it um, paying attention to that, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is why I'm often encouraging. I, I work More with a group with of it. fourth graders mm-hmm. and... I'm trying to give poems not, you know, I love Jack Prolutsky. I, I want to see Shel Silverstein. 30 second clip of that too. Are you breaking down poetry with these other guys? Hey, hey, over yeah. here, over here. Focus. No, they They're focus. Good? Okay, it's good. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, okay, it really cool. is fascinating. Um, I mean, not always. I shouldn't. It, well, yeah, there are days. <laughs> it's fascinating always. They might not focus always. Right, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they, I try to give them some poems that I just kind of love now as yeah, an totally. adult. I bet you they absorb it pretty dang well. Way better than you. They do. They bring up these ideas that I hadn't even thought of. Mm -hmm. But I keep trying to encourage them to like think about where they feel it in their body, which almost sounds insane. But I'm like, no, that's actually the (laughs) way you read a poem. Uh huh. And I, you know, I try to teach. I think that's how you should watch a movie. That's how you should. Yeah. Absolutely. If you want to pay attention, or just watch it and don't do anything. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna pay attention, did you just feel that in your? In your in your shoulder, shoulder yeah. like is this like a comfort? Do you feel it in your chest? Yes. What does this mean? It means something different. Yeah, and and yeah, and just explore. I keep hitting. Oh, you're the good. Mic. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Explore that. Explore where you're feeling it and why you're feeling it there. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, in the fourth grade class, we're having to move a little bit more quickly than I would through a poem. But um, I I want them to start interacting with art in that way. Yeah, yeah. That that part. To be able to teach a fourth grader that and to then turn around and also teach a 40-year-old that as we're, you know, in a workshop or whatever. Um, that is exciting to me because wh- what it does within our bodies, what art can do within our bodies, that that is something that can change. Yeah. Even if it's just changing someone's... Um, small world um small world changes can have larger ripple yeah. effects so i love i mean i love when i are there's a poetry collection by mark Doty called atlantis and i remember okay. I, I read it straight through in one sitting and i you know i started oh i was at my patrick's office because uh-huh. he was doing some work on a sunday and uh-huh. so i was like oh i'll sit here at your table and read while you yeah. work and i just remember 
at some point I went from like reading it upright to having to like for those listening at home, I'm like leaning on my legs. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to crawl on the floor. Ooh. And then by the time you know, by the time I finished this collection, yeah. I was just lying prostrate on the floor uh-huh. and that was all I could do. Yeah. And I remember paying attention to that eventually, being like, Oh wait, this book literally put me on the ground. On the ground. Yeah. And okay, why? And and what and, and there's so much in it. Uh-huh. Um, but he was dealing with his grief in it and hopefully that collection did whatever work it needed to do within him, but I think mm-hmm. I also needed to deal with grief. And sure. so that's a perfect way to deal with grief. Yeah. I mean, in my heaviest of times, I find myself flat on the ground, you know? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah. I've done it in almost like a, um, not giving up, but like showing everything I can that I'm, 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 okay, try- no. I, I'm what I got. Face down, hands up. Yeah. It's like, this is not a defensive position. This is as far as I can go. Yeah. You know, I don't know what this means right now, but right. Yeah. doing this, is, this for a second. This is all I've got. I'm going to get up and put on a baseball game and try to not, th- you know what I mean? But for this moment, it's like, I'm in the ether of, not sub, not submission, but I want to dance with I want to dance with you to the universe or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it, it, um, which is a form of respectful submission. I don't yeah. Know. The, I always uh, pull back from this the, the God submission thing. Um, always you know, you know us in the yeah. us verse nature thing. You know I've always been like we are. It's nature. good for story. You know what I mean? Old Man of the Sea is awesome, but um, <laughs> but yeah, we we come from it exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, uh, we I are. Took a turn there in conversation focus, but yeah, yeah, we are nature. Yeah. For sure. I um, I'm just thinking. This is when you were talking about that. I had all of these, you know, hard things that I've gone through that just came in my mind where I was like, oh no, I literally was on the floor. Like yeah. I, I can feel the hardwoods against my yeah. cheek right now. But then also just the other day I was laughing at her friend and had a lot of bourbon and <laughs> like all I could do cause she was so hilarious was fall on the floor. Yeah. And, um, I was like drunk rolling on the floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm even thinking, you know, what we were talking about earlier about how joy and sorrow sit next to each other. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Oh, sometimes like it, we find ourselves on the floor in these complete yeah. extremes and that, and that is, I don't know what I'm saying right now, except that that's life and they both sit there. And I think we do have to hold both of those things. And, uh-huh. and um, yeah, I, so maybe I will renege what I was saying earlier. Maybe there is this sense of both celebrating while we also very much recognize that we have so far to go. Because this, the sorrow side is heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and if, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You, you you also triggered what we were talking about earlier. People asking if you ever write a happy poem, and it reminds me of what we got to later, which is the idea of um, stories or art that acknowledge the heaviness and then say it's okay in some way. Not it's okay like it's over with, but it's okay to be in a heavy space um, and to try to deal with it. Right? Not, don't don't just give into it. But um, I almost feel like. The last more immediate heavy thing or scary thing that I ran into, um, that night sitting up, 
thinking about it, it kind of pushed me in a place where I realized I wanted a certain thing or I wanted to be, I can even go literally into that. Um, I'll probably, I might even get emotional. Um, that'll be good though. Um, I don't want to be a good person. I just want to be very connected to love. That was the phrase that came a bit. And I wouldn't have hit that wanting point if I hadn't run into that day that scared me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't mean to be whatever, but that is, I was so thankful even sitting and thinking, it woke me up to the idea that there not that, yeah i don't want to be a good person that's not a thing i just want to be very connected to love that's what it was the idea that, that it, almost being able to let go of that more and more the older we get um i wrote that down and i think that might be end up going into a monologue and a story i'm working on right mm. and it's not that i want to write a sad story but it's that 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 sad thing triggered a reality in me that that made me that triggered my bot, my body or my soul or whatever to grow and to, and to become something bigger. Right. And that's something worth writing about. Right. Mm, yeah. So it's maybe sad, but there's also, I don't think you need the bad to have good. That always weirds me out. But I think, man, it really does. It, 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 even bad will, will wake you up to some good. Right. Um, yeah, if you again, like Doesn't I was saying, like it depends on how you read it yeah. with the poem. But yeah, if which you can read, sound annoying. That statement sounds annoying, but we know what we mean. Right? Least, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know it is like. Uh. Well, when I'm some idiot say, says it, it'll be, it, yeah. it's all for a reason, as they're trying to get to their job, and you're like, no, dude, I'm in some sorrow. Right. I, you got to sit with me in this for a second. Yeah. That's when it's annoying. But right. We know for what we sure. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have all these padded statements that we say to people and. Part of it you can't help because you gotta. If everybody's asking you how how you doing as you're trying to get somewhere, you don't want to lose your job. You gotta just say good, man, fine, good, I'm right? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. You know? oh, I know. Isn't that sad? Yes. Kind of like. Um, I think we said <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it is. We were saying earlier that idea of like seeing a person and uh-huh. um, the greeting in South Africa, one of the. Uh, greetings in the language is Salbona. Is and, that I see you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so it's like to say hello to someone yeah. is saying I see right you. Right to the core, the whole and goal. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's their response back. And so you're mutually seeing each other. Uh-huh. But um, I love that idea of like, what if we could just really be real? And right. it doesn't have to be something that then upends our day yeah but it's like okay you're able to acknowledge your pain right now yeah you're able to acknowledge your joy and we both can see each other you know whatever that is um i do wish that was something uh something we can do more often and i my sister often calls me pollyanna Mm -hmm. because i access joy really easily oh right on like that is my go-to and not in a you know Maybe, maybe it's something I was conditioned, but I, I think it's just this deep inherent part of me yeah. is going to access joy most naturally. Um, and maybe that's why I end up writing about a lot of painful things. Cause I know you I can, need to can... also access okay, that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. so I find that I end up writing in order to access that, but naturally I'm going to 
talk myself into joy. Yeah. It's um, a, the same assumption of Stephen King. It's like, oh, if he's writing darkness, he must just be in darkness right. all the time. It's like, not necessarily. He might, this might be his therapy, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I'm like, actually, I'm a really happy person. Yeah. Um, and genuinely, I mean, not, there's no like, oh, let me lie about how happy I am in order to, and, uh, so I do think I have to be intentional about paying attention to the sorrow yeah. or else I will just see how great everything is. I don't yeah. remember now where I was going with that. That's okay. Anyway. But just, yeah, I guess that idea of seeing each other, I wish we could do right. that. Yeah. That's a pretty big, I, 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 um, one of the conversations, one of these conversations we had uh, with my buddy Zach, we, we touched on the Mayan calendar breakdown. He studied that for a while. Just like anything, it's not just this 2012, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If anything, you're like, are you guys trying to get me to not look into this by just saying it's 2012? All right. Um, but it's fun because it's almost like your sign and, and times 10, there's all these different factors about personality. And, and I'll, I'll, I think all that stuff plays in. I think there's a million factors that all play into that. But um, but he was talking, we talked to him about the idea of, uh, and I don't know how to say it correctly, but one of my things that empowers me is trying to trying to put what is safe and responsible and actually helpful about putting stuff on the table, but trying to acknowledge certain, you know, certain things like before we, even before we're talking, like even telling you, like there is no agenda here. There's three things that I can picture us talking about, but let's go wherever, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, that, that honesty to some level, um, feeling like I'm letting that, sometimes a lot of it is, is, yeah, it really is. And I'm thinking a lot tonight about education stuff in class, it's a moment in that situation. I'm leading the scenario, and it's a moment for me to say I'm. And there, you share much less, right? Because it's a professional setting. Right. But I can even say like I'm angry right now. Just so you guys know, I'm coming. And they're like, I know, we can tell. I'm like, good. Let me tell you why I'm angry. Okay, so I got that off. Are we okay, you know, and that yeah. makes it better versus being like st- some people. Uh, it's not right or wrong. It's just they'll do better if they channel that somehow or release it in their own personal way, right. and then nobody has to know. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and obviously in professional or whatever setting, and even just social, there's certain things that's like, you don't need to be sharing that. Um, but it, it's like, in that scenario, I feel like, and even in life, um, I might be either fearful or worried or don't want to go into a situation because it's, it's emotionally dark. But it's like, I, especially as we're getting older, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not just a teenager. I'm like, people probably look at me like, that dude, that, that man, you know. I can go into these places and I can say, hey, I'm willing to be seen, and I see you in that, and like, what are you guys stressed out about? Or did anybody have a good meal? Anybody see a good outfit? What's just something that's grabbing you? Can yeah. we just get ourselves emotionally engaged together, and then we'll go? Yeah. Um, how can we hold space for each other? You know? Yeah. Even if it's only a moment. And I'm not saying, yeah. like, this is how I solved it, but th- I'm saying that, to me, that helps me feel like a, it's a real we're actually going to learn now, or we're actually going to have a conversation sitting here right now because I've, like, shared my game plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm an, right I'm an introvert naturally, so I'm usually going to not tell someone yeah. what's going on. Because, again, I'm going to process yeah. that all in writing probably. Oh, oh yeah. And, keep going. I got to say, come back to that in a second. But and what? That was a good and. Well, I was just saying, and I also recognize that it's important to allow people to see us. Right. Um, 
and obviously we have to navigate that the way that is you know that feels good for us but safe and balanced right you mean is that what you mean in terms of not everybody to see everything in terms of or no am i putting words in your mouth how do we navigate yeah, that i mean i don't love the word safe but yeah 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 so yeah there's there's a way to navigate it mm-hmm. a place um and a how to but safe or, might and, speak to fear you know what i mean i don't know if that's right right word, yeah, yeah 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 but yeah uh, recognizing that um one of my favorite things, I have uh, a friend who went through recovery and is just so boldly honest. Yeah. And I love that. Uh-huh. Um, and he's so unafraid to just, like, say what's up. Um, and even if it, like, shocks everyone yeah. for a second. And and it's not and not even about recovery, like, now just about anything. Like, yeah, he's yeah, just going to be direct and he's going to tell you... What's going on? This honesty is spreading. I'm being more honest with myself. Here it spreads. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I think it is. Like, he has learned to be more honest with himself, right? Because, like, yeah. through his addiction, he was lying to himself and everyone else a lot of times. So, like, honesty has revolution, revolutionized his life, right? Yeah. Um, and, but I find it so refreshing. Yeah. And then I wonder like where do I need to be more honest with myself and for me again my best way of being more honest with myself is in writing and not necessarily in poems but like on mm-hmm. the page there's something about that motion or just you know yeah I remember being six years old with my diary or something yeah. but I'm like oh I can be most honest if I'm writing it down first um, but I also like to practice that with humans uh, in, uh-huh. in real life. I'm like, let's stop editing and or all the things that I think I can't right. be vulnerable about. Yeah. Um, let's allow people to see us. Uh, I, I, otherwise, I'll start to feel almost, um, I don't want to say wasting time because it makes you feel too anxious about going everywhere and doing everything and that's not real. But, I'm almost kind of like, what are we, ta- what are we talk, what are we really talking about here? If I'm a really just thinking about the five things I can't say to you right now, yeah, I don't want to do that, you know. Um, yeah, I just it is hard for me to stay to feel connected to any environment when we if we're getting stuff done and we got to keep moving. There's times I get it, you know what I mean. But right, man, yeah, if yeah, we're yeah. gonna really sit and talk, it is hard to just focus on um, the stuff I gotta hide. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe too, I grew up in this church situation uh-huh. where <laughs> church situation. Church situation. Yeah. I grew up in my dad's profession, which was a lot of hiding. Right. Yeah. If, yeah. If we're honest, I just, I remember in terms s- of the burden of allowing yourself to say, I'm a real person who's also a pastor. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah oh, gotcha, for gotcha. sure. I mean, pastor's I, kids shouldn't be lighting things on, lighting things on fire and smoking yes. cigarettes under the, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Oh, I mean, I just, okay. you know, my parents divorced as I was an adult and, um, I was visiting my several... parents divorced as I was an adult. Oh, also, really? Yeah, anyway. How, um, how long ago? Uh, this is probably a little off, but probably 12 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine was 11, 10 yeah. or 11. Okay. Anyway. But I remember, so the first holiday that I was going to have a divorced 
family. Yeah. Would have been 2008. So okay. I guess it was 10 years ago. Um, I happened to be in... Um, well, I was on the continent of Africa. I can't remember exactly what country now, but uh, Malawi, I think. But yeah. anyway, um, or just, no, I was on the continent because I just remember reflecting on the fact that, oh, I'm going to be going home and um, having to gear up for Christmas was going to feel so different yeah. than how it had been done before. And just kind of that reality hit me as we were, excuse me, as we were moving towards the end of that time on the continent. And so anyway, it ended up writing a book about that yeah. time in Africa. And I put, it was in the Liberia section because Liberia is an amazing country and it reminds me a lot of the U.S. in some ways. And yeah. so I was reflecting a lot on home in that section of the book. Anyway, my mom was... And that's how you broke up the sections? Is yes. That, okay, cool. Yeah, I had like little things that kind of boiled up for me from each country I visited. Uh, And so for Liberia, I thought a lot about home for lots of reasons, Um, including that so many people were displaced from the war. So like their idea of home was jarred. But um, my mom got so upset with me because I wrote about going home to the, you know, and and I was like, you've been divorced for like eight months. I don't know. But yeah. there's this sense of I know, like, only eight months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like don't put our business in the streets. And I'm like, wait, no, right. like it is legally out there. If someone wanted to look up right, right. your marriage, they would I mean you're divorced. Sure. sure. But there's this still this sense of, you know, what happens in the family stays in the family. Uh-huh. We don't talk about it. Yeah. And I didn't even go into details of like why they were divorced or, you know, or like how I I didn't even go much into how I was feeling about it. It just was this reality of the home was different. Sure, sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's what I I grew up in. This like we don't say these things. I mean, I I even had um, I have a half brother that I knew about all of my life, but we didn't talk about. Right, right. Until you know later when his mom was uh, whatever. All of the. Until you had nuances. to talk about it, right? Or, or yeah, more, until older. we got yeah. older and mm-hmm. we were, we've learned to stop lying. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But yeah, just, so I think there is that deep desire for not hiding. Uh-huh, yeah. That probably came from growing up in a lot of hiding. Yeah, I feel like my family, I wonder if I'm almost holding on to, like, wait a second, like you guys just taught me this game plan of trying to, like, or, or, you know, hold a certain, hold your cards to your chest, which I actually felt like our family was the, was, he was kind of the weird pastor, not weird in a bad way, weird in a great way. Yeah. He, could, he would break rules and do fun, weird stuff. He did the, a lot of youth work okay. and he would get in trouble for like bringing fireworks into the building and having the kids light them off. And he even got everybody to do a fake wave in the congregation or a wave in the congregation. And he did a fake fall going to the podium. Just weird. So that yeah. was nice. Cause I feel like our family was was having to deal with some of that stuff earlier because I was the youngest. So a lot of those guys, I feel like that's even misleading to say like I was taught to keep the cards close to my chest. But I think a lot of the my brother and sister, and my parents were just older as they're actually trying to release some of this stuff that I had just learned as a youngster. You know what I mean? I don't think when I was young I was worried about. I didn't think when I was young. 
you know, don't tell anybody you whatever you do in your five that's bad. Right. But does that make sense? I feel yeah. like they some of those realities they had to deal with are because my, my we got I feel like when I was still pretty young we moved the family moved away not out of the church but Dad wasn't a pastor anymore. Uh, right. You yeah, know. Yeah. So I feel like that was. You got freed from. I, I got both tastes of if it. That was a thing. Being in the world, I think it is a thing to a degree. If you're getting money and, and there's any sort of pedestal, it's dangerous, right? Yeah. And and so I think, especially when it's spiritual and somebody's hurting, and because even Dad, I remember him saying to me, he's like, "It's if somebody's hurting, I need to be able to tell them I struggle with this too." And he's like, "In certain places, you're not allowed to say that. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to help this guy? You know?" He's yeah. like, "That's what's so hard about this sometimes." Was he's like, because it's it's a joke. It's a joke that I wouldn't struggle with things too. We're in this fantasy of like, you know what I mean. So right. I feel like they were dealing with. I got to taste both sides of that. The early years when it was everything was kind of more under wraps in terms of like we can. This is okay. This is healthy. This is safe. We're dealing about being nice. We're learning about being nice people. And then the older years where it's like, um. You don't have to be in a community and explore yourself spiritually, but you don't have to be doing the pedestal thing one way or the other. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And both sides are losing when they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it is. It's so. In, it's it's pretty interesting, but I kind of feel thankful that the transition happened so early. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, for sure. And that maybe Dad was responding to the frustrations. Or the absurdity of that early enough to where even when he was still doing it, he was equally trying to be absurd to be like, yeah, I don't know what, but yeah, it's funny because like, let me these, shake some of this up. Still. It's still a social world, but these guys—I mean, they're, they're you know, creativity is still part of it. So how are they responding, um, even in emergencies, to the people around them? But I don't know. It's so funny. I think that that's interesting. Nice little coincidence of the oh, I family know, but pastor it's interesting. now. You know what I mean? Theological offspring. Yeah. We are. Um, yeah, I feel like I've painted this photo of my family just being disheveled. I mean, I don't know, whatever. I think anytime you open up about a specific point like that, even just now, I'm like, I don't, wait, I did, I just say I was taught to keep my cards close to my chest. That's (laughs) not real. Yeah. It's kind of the idea of the church environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like anytime you're generalizing your own history. Yeah. There's no, you know, we also had these times where we were super vulnerable with some people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to sustain it and to even build, I don't know. I feel like that's a part of it too. That is, it's so, because that's supposed to be a hundred percent, it's easier to not acknowledge that in that profession. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's inevitable. I feel like even though there was a weight and there was a burnout, there's still a lot of beautiful stuff in there too. You know what I mean? A lot of community. Um, I don't know. I feel like I sat back and watched my folks, just seeing them deal with people, I feel like I, I just saw them interact with so many different people. It was just like, this is how you can talk to this person, talk to this person. Not that they were different, but it's just like, I didn't realize how much I was learning at such a young age. Oh, with, I know. With just being able to, you're allowed to joke with this guy here. You don't just have to, or you're allowed to talk about sins here. I don't know, whatever it is yeah. that's like, okay, I don't necessarily really want to be focusing on sins right now, but we were allowed to talk about hell or, you know, I don't know. There's yeah. good stuff that comes along with that. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm I trying was... to, I'm trying to cover us on the, on the, this is where we, a lot of good stuff. the joy, uh-huh, yeah. a lot of good hugs, healthy hugs. <laughs> no, but I actually went to a retreat in North Carolina. Um, the United Methodist church there invited me to come to a PK retreat that they did. Uh, and so, PK, what, what? 
Oh, preacher's kids. Okay. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, they did a preacher's kid retreat for all of the pastors. They didn't invite kids, me. What's going wanted. on? I know, right? <laughs> um, and but I, as an adult, I got to go lead. So the basically all of the speakers that they had come in, all of the camp counselors. That is so weird. Everyone in the whole space had to be a preacher's kid. Yeah. And so um, they invited me to come hang out with these kids, and I. <laughs> I remember in mid retreat, I was like, wait, this is like therapy for, yeah. you know, all of the adults. Cause we didn't grow up with any of this, right? but we're just Cause in your that... own personal community. There's only so many pastors, right? right? So you, there's yeah, only so many yeah. pastors. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And you would usually only see preacher's kids at some big like annual meeting kind uh-huh. of thing. So yeah. once a year you'd all be together. And then even then you're still kind of lying about what's yeah, going yeah. on like you're not completely business disarming yeah. Business also. yeah so but in this situation it was just like this was complete safe space everyone got to be real yeah, and honest about all that was hard and it really just kind of became very therapeutic but one thing i remember loving is and i could see it in these kids and i was like oh i think i have this as well it's just how they were so adaptable mm-hmm. and so easy to talk to mm-hmm. and and there there was that sense of like they could be probably in any situation mm-hmm. adapt to the setting and engage that's yeah, interesting and i think that's something i definitely learned um from growing up in that you don't even realize that yeah. it's that that there's so many different interactions going on that you're being exposed to yeah yeah it is pretty crazy and it's because it is a family situation you're it's not so much like a doctor or a lawyer where like, no, you don't get to come in here. It's like the oh, right. kid's always playing in the back the back church office or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely a familial career. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think it, it, me responding to that, I'm like, I'm very sensitive to that stuff. It, it always scared me the idea of um, working somewhere where there's some other understood agreement of... I don't know what priority or religion or, or um, like the idea of, I think it would be hard for me to, to work at an, at an ex, is that the right word explicitly or a, a religious institution, I think in general, right? Just cause I saw like, man, I don't, I'm not going to get near that. I'm not saying it's they're bad or it's not good. There's plenty of good ones to be a part of or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. That's not the point. The point is that I immediately feel anxiety when there's the off the clock, assumed rules or something you know what i mean yeah Whew. in my high school is that way there was a religious connection and so i think i remember thinking if we got caught drinking on the weekend or something you know rules like that cigarettes even i think you get in trouble and i'm like these other high schools if they're off campus they can do whatever they want right and we're because what it's like you already said god's watching why do you have to do this all you know what I mean? yeah Anyway, I don't know. But. No, yeah. I mean, I moved to Nashville working for the United Methodist Church, the deno- the denominational offices. Um, and I remember... How, how long did you move to Nashville? Oh, 16 years ago. Okay, cool. Which is crazy. I remember thinking I wouldn't work for the church because I'd seen all of the stuff in the back, but I ended up doing it for Interesting. a yeah. few years. Because you're um, also aware of it and you know how yeah. you know like i can also do it i can picture doing it so let's oh, go, right yeah. yeah and uh, you know again it's this family career so i was in it for so right, long right. i mean like oh wait i know how to do this right <laughs> and you know i got to be a storyteller uh, one of you know i was actually director of this organization for youth and young adults but a lot of it had to do with storytelling and like making sure we were getting the right stories out there. So yeah. it was so comfortable for me in that way. But, um, I remember when I did it, 
when I got the job, a friend was like, you're going to end up leaving the church. Uh, and I'm like, no, that's, that's stupid. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, he was like, you will be burned out. And yeah. with what you grew up in and then now working for this like big denomination, you're going to be out of there. So, right. How many I, months I'm or not, how I'm not in the church yeah, at all exactly. anymore. <laughs> He's correct. He was yeah. correct though. Yeah. So you don't yeah. don't tell me who I am. I mean, and I don't think it was just because I took that job, but right, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I can't imagine. Yeah. Again, funny. not saying that it couldn't be. A, I just that I just remember being thinking twenty four hours. I'm on the clock. I feel like you know. What I mean? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I, I do feel when I will say the other thing my parents did well, again, they didn't make, uh, a ton of rules, but they, so they, they revealed everything to us. Mm-hmm. They didn't hold anything that could happen back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in many ways, I kind of feel like I've created my own rules. Uh, right. so we were allowed to go out and do stuff, but I also knew like, Oh, I'm not going to touch that stuff because yeah. I know if I, got drunk at this party i know what happened to so and so when her boyfriend got you know like yeah. i can, I had all these stories that were horrible so i just i didn't touch alcohol in high school but when you but clean was, it from some kid's reality and they walk into walk into a vulnerable spot i mean that's scary thinking about uh I mean, anybody, but especially a girl that's that doesn't know how to handle alcohol. Oh, right. I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like... yeah, for sure. Anyway. But, yeah, so I didn't feel, I mean, like, a lot of the rules of Christianity or even of preacher's kids. Oh, right. I felt like we weren't necessarily under this. We were under a microscope as far as who our family was, but I felt like. I don't know, like they would just let us go to parties and they would let us go uh-huh. to clubs. And yeah. we, I didn't have all of these, you know, major curfew things or. Yeah. No, I can relate to that too, actually. Which I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Part of it was I was younger, but I think they, same thing. You would still be there on Sunday and be diplomatic. Yeah. But. Yeah, that but was the only role. You like... were a real person for crying out loud. It wasn't, it wasn't as, I feel like a lot of my stories I hear of pastor's kids, it's like scary level at dinner table stuff right, slap yeah. your hand yeah um or just even i remember i thought it was actually really fun. a lot of it was really fun because right. like, we gotta go we're gonna go on a uh, camp and then do this and, right you know. yeah yeah we've got this big trip yeah we would mm-hmm. do a lot of those fun oh, even if being diplomatic is exhausting sometimes right it's, yeah but like you know i i was talking to an adult my mom didn't like for me to wear mini skirts uh-huh. um but my dad was like let it go it's yeah. just a mini skirt right. so I would always end up getting to win that argument. And there was an adult who told my mom in the last few years or whatever, she said that the reason they ended up joining the church is because they came and the first day on that Sunday, the pastor's child was wearing this, you know, hoochie mama mini skirt. (laughs) And she, but she said, I knew my children wouldn't be judged because the pastor's daughter was being herself, you know, yeah. whatever. So pick your battles for crying out loud, you know, when, know. When, when the whole system, whether it's a business or a church or whatever, gets to the point of um, focusing too much on the details, it's like, this is ridiculous. The paint job is great, but, you know, oh, I know. the when core I worked... is you're safe here, yeah. right? Or something like that. And not just like, uh, we're all pros with our fashion here. Right. Right? That's not very inviting, know. you know? I worked for that youth and young adult ministry, you know, for the denomination. So I ended up visiting a lot of churches around the U.S. 
And I remember going to this one and they were asking questions about young people. And <laughs> um, I remember one of them saying, but what do we do about these kids that want to come in wearing baggy pants and like, don't let them in. No, they're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I, I, I just let let them in with their baggy pants. Yeah. I don't, I uh, don't, I'm like, I, mean, I don't even know how to answer this question. Seat them in the back, but let them in. Yeah. <laughs> it just was the. I was like, really? That's what yeah. you're concerned about? Like in a uh-huh. whole world where, you know, I can't remember all of the list of issues that were going sure. on in particular at that time, but you know, yeah, there are probably people still now. I'm like, okay, so in a world where. There are, you know, there's murder and homelessness and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you read that article in the New York Times about um, Yemen and the... Well, I know there's horrific stuff going on Uh, right now. The the amount of people dying there is insanity. Yeah. uh, And, yeah, I mean... Ugh, but yes, is it in all one the of the number one spots on the planet right now that's in the worst yeah. shape immediately? Yeah. Right, Yemen. Yeah. I don't really know much about Yemen, but um, yeah, yeah. Nicholas Kristof wrote a really great New York Times story. Yeah, um, great as in he wrote it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, hard, hard story. The few to- the only times I've heard it is people saying, "Why the hell aren't we talking more about Yemen?" I've, that's I heard that a few times, and then I was like. Well, why, why? I don't, and then I would check it out, but I haven't heard much. You know, I haven't gone too right. deep besides just the amount of people that are dying there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and there was something on that too. And not even, a, not that we have to pull back from that, but with the, um, that balance of when, when big stuff is happening in the world. Oh, just, and it, yeah, it's, I think it's the same, that pastor's note of, uh, that's when I first said the Presbyterian, how we felt like, and I don't even know if it is or isn't, but my impression when I was younger was that we were more laid back we were, than the other, you know, sects or whatever. Right. Because uh, we would talk a lot about that. And, and that was cool. Like, by the way, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. Like, I remember thinking, and even I, I remember being kind of proud of how low-key I was with religion, even though it was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. The, I, remember, I remember, like, telling people, like, if you love playing soccer, going and playing soccer is just as much praising God as as praying like when i was a middle school you know these concepts when i was a little kid which um there was a certain type of pride in like the true love you know but what's funny is that's the kind of stuff that has stuck with me you know no matter where i go is this whatever whatever a connection to the higher me god universe godhead whatever like that is that idea is there you know what i mean even to uh, uh, I'm trying to include everybody here, you know, like even connection to you, um, at the heart of it, I really cannot be worried too much about whether or not my pants are pleated right now. Right. right. That's not going to really, yeah. Uh, and even if, even if today you don't like me because of that, it might take 10 years. It's sooner or later, you, you probably will come around to that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know but part. I mean, again, kind of what you were saying earlier, if that, if your deepest desire is to be connected to love, then none None of that other stuff matters. Yeah, you don't right? you don't have as much time for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. in every interaction, you're going to be focused on how can I be connected to love. Hopefully, but I still yeah. have a lot where I'm like, how can I get what I want right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not the thought I'm thinking, but that's right behind my thought of I'm being so friendly, and then right hiding right behind that thought is how do I get what I want? Also, I know, I yeah. know. Isn't that interesting? I mean, that's a bummer, but we got to be able to forgive ourselves for that to a degree because. 
Well, I mean, it's what we've been taught, too, right? Yeah. And this is a harsh freaking world. Like, there's still this whole animal idea of, like, my body remembers, you know, going to bed. Not my body, but whatever got me here. And, like, you could just be getting, wake up to getting eaten alive by something. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, that, that yeah. reality is, I think that's what trips us out is when, when the most dangerous. we are nature. Yeah, right. Exactly. And then when you uh, separate yourself from it, and the most dangerous part of our day on average is probably driving to and from work. Right. You know what I mean? And everybody wonders why we have road rage. It's like that's when you're tapping into your history of animalism. You know what I mean? But it's just, yeah, our brains, we think we're separated from it, but it's still there. Yeah, yeah. Hence the, yeah, I mean, we're tying right back around perfectly to, hence the interest in true crime. You know, that fascination of, is is this, yeah, this, that actually happened? You know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it is. That's a a primal thing of... A reminder. At any moment. Yeah. Something could take this away. Yeah. And don't always sit on that, but it's okay and or we should engage that to a degree because maybe this life is, this is, here we go, there's a cheesy phrase. It's not so annoying, but to be lived, this life is to be lived in a sense that like live it, you're going to live and die. You can only run away from the die part for so long. You know, it's not to win and to never die or to have the, you know, it's to this has come up in a conversation too, but the, maybe it's just to experience and have your mind blown. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it's like the great unifier. Uh-huh. Each and every one of us is going to die. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Um, and if, and if we, we are can talk here, about the we weather today. We're all experiencing that. That's the other one, right? The cheesy yeah. conversation. Uh, weather is pretty crazy today. We're connecting on this. Yeah. Don't want to acknowledge that we're both going to die. That's the only thing I know as a stranger we have in common for sure. So let's talk about the weather. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. I might start talking to people Death. in elevators about yeah. that. We're going to die. Beautiful day. So we're Great all, weather. Yeah. We're actually all dying right now. We're uh-huh. in the process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. I will not do that. I actually find myself a lot. I've even texted buddies being like, we are like, we are alive right now. You know what I mean? Mm. That sounds, yeah, whatever. But it's, yeah, it's very no, true. That's beautiful. It's a, oh, totally. Of just, it's a what? That you know, Every once we have that realization of what in the world? Yeah. You know, this is, well, oops, this think, is crazy. Um, I was telling someone that, again, I do end up writing about death a lot. And obviously I've unpacked lots of different ways, but in some ways I think, writing about death is writing about life uh-huh. yeah exactly and, yeah and the fact that okay right now we are here um and one day we won't be they sit side by side yeah and they highlight each other and this idea that you're only supposed to focus on life growth and birthdays or are, are just yeah. the best days that's an illusion that um well we can just hold space for both yeah. of them and we need to we need to did you see the the pixar film maybe inside out i think it's called With the um the, little... the emotions uh-huh yeah, yeah. okay cool because they do. go right up into that right they do. the sad one they're like oh no, no no get out get her out of there get her out of there you're gonna you know and then you realize like oh you're oh, no. pushing you're breathing it out so we can get back to the happy that was so freaking i mean no yeah. surprise pixar is like beyond swiss watch storytelling it's ridiculous right but um that was so sharp rewinding the video before the happy moment to the sad moment you know yes yeah yeah and we do we need both we really do need both um there was are you familiar with Derek black no i don't think so he's the uh 
ironically, a white a former white supremacist. Mm -hmm. Ironically, because his last name is Black. But... So frustrated about his name. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sure they had to be so frustrated. Yeah. So, but like his godfather is David Duke. Yeah. And he okay. was kind of like yeah. the golden boy in white supremacy. Okay. I know that name, but I, or I've heard that name. Okay, so you know David Duke, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, the, uh, the first one I don't recognize. So. Yeah, and so and so Derek Black, they kind of saw him as the great white hope, honestly. Okay. Like, their golden child. He started um, some terrible website now, Stormtroopers, I can't remember the name of it. But mm. this terrible white supremacist mm -hmm. website when he was like 10. Mm -hmm. He started it and has led it. And he ended up going to... Stormtroopers? Storm the horses started when he was 10. That's like a Star Wars. Right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's Anyway, whatever. I know, but, but I'm something just... Something like yeah. that. Anyway, long story short, he decides to go to college. Uh -huh. And they were all terrified because he chose this liberal arts school in Florida. Okay. But he was, he was like, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to study German and... Yeah. Um... They're worried like they're going to turn him. And... He's like, I'm going to get an insider's view so I can take over, right? Those yeah. are the two options. Because he was like, we've got to be intelligent. Yeah, sure, sure. Not just... Anyway, long story short, and there's a beautiful... Oh, got to be intelligent supremacist. Yeah, anyway, no, seriously. Yeah, yeah. He was like very sure. much like, no. Um, and so a he... lot of scary people are super focused on the super genius thing. This idea that, oh, oh yeah. that guy's an idiot. I'm always like, no, 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 no. Don't... Nobody's no. an idiot who's running things. You know what I mean? Or... Yeah, anyway. I mean, sometimes they yeah, are, yeah, but, yeah. No, but yeah, there is this, yeah. I'm, I'm actually kind of thinking of politicians again. I always hear people say, like, that right. per, that congressman's an idiot or that president's an idiot. And I'm like, when I was younger, I bought that, but I'm like, I think they're maybe either trying to, anyway, what, you know, that's what no, I'm thinking. No, yeah, like, there's this, this assumption rises of at the head of a major institution. Or, yeah. He's got something, so don't just turn your back on them by saying dumb, right? right that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like they've, they they might be idiotic, but they're, least. yeah, but they're really good <laughs> with, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, Semantics. No, for sure. Well, yeah. So anyway, I'm like, how can I tell this story so briefly? It's great. Look it up. Derek, Derek Black, he's okay, yeah. been doing so many really interesting things. But what I will say is that he went to college. He even studied in Germany and like let he kept kept leading this white supremacy group in many ways, um, but didn't tell anyone in the school who he was. Right. When they found out who he was, he had to like move off campus. He was yeah, ostracized. Also right. And then finally, a Jewish kid started invite, inviting him to Shabbat. Yeah. And would have dinner with him every Friday night at Shabbat. Yeah. And at that point, everyone had ostracized him. He didn't have any friends. And so he said yes. And with a lot of hesitation. Sure. But anyway, I'm saying this because... He talked about, he ended up denouncing white supremacy okay. in a very big way that disappointed his family, yeah. but kudos to life <laughs> that he did yeah. that. And <laughs> he now talks about it a lot. Loss for the family, win for <laughs> life. Win for yeah. humanity. Um, but he talks about how um, a lot of times people like to highlight that this guy, this Jewish guy, uh -huh. you know, sacrificed and peacefully allowed him in and didn't even talk about the fact that he was a white supremacist. Right. Just invited him to a meal. And like, that's the way we overcome things. Right. And, and that is exactly what happened with this guy and whose right. name I, I wish I could remember mm -hmm. the guy that because him. he's also a very important part of the story. But. Mm -hmm. You hear Derek's name most often. You're saying there's more to that answer. That's too quick. That's too simple. 
or no? Are you, are you? Yes, it's yeah. too simple. Got, and right. so, yeah. and he said finally in an interview, he's like, if, if people allow that to be the only narration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of this, he was saying how there were other people that would come to these Shabbat meals who were very uncomfortable with the fact that he was there, who right. were very radical about their anger of what he yeah. had done and how he had hurt people and who were very vocal about it. Yeah. And he said that he needed both. He needed that uh, anger. Yeah, right, right. And he also needed this peaceful person who was willing to just let him be. Yeah. And he was like, and I needed to experience both of those things yeah. in order to change. He's like, I honestly, I would not, I knew what to say to the mm-hmm. radical, angry mm-hmm. people. Um, and I knew how to both accept his graciousness and right. hold my ground. But I didn't know it was harder for him to navigate both of those things right? and continue arguing why he was right to the radical people when this other thing was happening as well as he couldn't stay silent. Harder to be in denial if you have to debate it. Yeah. And this guy that's not causing you to debate it, who's just being your friend, that's a bummer because it's ruining my debating technique over here. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so, and anyway, he kept saying, I don't want us to silence people who are radical because um, we need those radical voices. I don't right. want us to say like, oh, the cure to racism is for us all just to lay down our... Yeah, just hugs. There's only just yeah. hugs. Always <laughs> just hugs. hugs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and I loved that. I loved that. I love that he says, says that and that it does take silence and conversation. Uh-huh. Right? Because there's this silence of being... I mean, you know, there's not a silence that happened with this one friend, but... Their conversation wasn't like radical. It was Mm -hmm. mostly just getting being together, being together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, There's the being together and the turning tables over. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's very necessary because of that waking up and looking at the darkness or looking at the reality of this life and dealing with the fact of like, yeah, not getting sucked into it. But there is this is a brutal world too. So how do I? Maintain, and that's why that's that right back into the being a good person thing that is so dumb at a certain point, you know, because it's, I just go back into the, the, how much of the ruthlessness of nature and, and the hugs of grandma, where, where am I in the middle of that on reality? If, if I'm just a, worried about being a good person, which is, is just on the grandma's hug side of things. I, I don't want to be, I want to be in reality, which means I want to be connected to love, which can, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it's like, it's not about what is right or wrong anymore because I think we should all be, I want to do the hugs. I want to do like, I'm already ready. Like not, maybe not apparently. Cause I think I'm, my inside probably reflects where we're at in the whole world too. So I got work to do, but, um, I'm getting off track with that, but I guess we're right there. I was getting, I want to move into the, I want to be in the grandma hug world. That would be sweet if we're just getting each other grandma hugs. Yeah. But um, apparently we're not there. And that's, so I don't, you know, we're right yeah, back. We're just yeah. acknowledging this thing again, which is okay. I know. Okay. I'm like, it's okay, oh, that's right? the theme of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but there is that since I think we so desperately want everything to be this like white picket fence that we can open yeah. the gate. But sometimes even love requires that barbed wire, you know, right. like sometimes you have to like, I mean, sometimes the most loving act can maybe feel painful, right. 
but it, it needs to be said or it needs to be done. You have to go through the pain together. Yeah. So and maybe I, I love, love is that. crossing barbed wire to, it's maybe even, a, it can be you guys forcing the barbed wire or it's you guys got to get through the through barbed it. wire. It's yeah. not always, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm rephrasing it. I'm realizing I'm doing this. I'm rephrasing it. So I'm like, Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to worry about people putting each other through barbed wire. Let's focus on the relationship goes through the barbed wire. Isn't that funny? I'm <laughs> realizing. No, I'm, but yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying. Both, it, maybe. I don't, uh, yeah. yeah, no. It, both of those images, I think, end up working. The good and bad lay side by side. But yeah, but yeah. like to focus on, I love that idea of, uh, you know, to focus on just being a good person isn't necessarily love, because uh, someone may not think I'm a good person when I'm loving them. Right. Oh but yeah. It, Maybe the most loving thing I can do uh-huh. is to for them to feel like I'm not being oh, yeah. good. <laughs> and that thing was even confusing me. Like the idea of like they're not gonna know if I'm being loving. I gotta. But it was even confusing. It was like the confusion is not even between us, which is you know it's between I don't even know what I'm. Right. I'm focused on being good. That's this is all just my what I've been taught. You yeah. Know? Oh, I love so. that. I'm gonna hold on to that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, it's funny because I've even some of the things I pictured us chatting on we haven't hardly touched on. We done we have some, but as I glance down here, we're we're like an hour and forty five minutes into oh, this. Oh, okay. But I'm not we'll rushing out or in. I'm just saying we got good stuff here. I'm just acknowledging for the first time that we've been we've been cruising. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I don't with know if there's the anything theme. else with that thought. What's that? I said with a theme. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think it's good. I, I the whole accepting of the. Um, you know, that vision of lying face down and feeling the floorboards on the cheek and then realizing that you've done that in 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 a huge belly laughing awesome moment with a buddy. We'll is so Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get on the floor, yeah. you know, in both situations. Um no, that's a good visual she for me. She probably would have made me laugh without bourbon, actually. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yes. It's not going to hurt, but <laughs> no. A good joke is a good joke. Yeah, right? a good joke is a good joke. Yeah, I uh, love that. Um, is there... Did you want to touch specific on topic? one of those other things? Not, not really. I, I mean, it's just really stuff that I picked. Like I said, I, wasn't tr- I was trying to not lock anything down yeah. too much so that I wouldn't have to pull it in any direction. The poetry thing is something that's easy for me to visualize because I know you've been doing that, you know. Um, and it's been fun. I've been exposed to it some. I catch some stuff online, and I got to see you do um, the Bell Court reading before oh, right. Patterson a, a couple years ago, which I ended up really liking that movie. I actually, love it. I mean, what a gutsy move! It's Jim Jarmusch, I think. So of co- probably no big surprise that it's right. gutsy. But just sitting in that silence, just gut, just I'm not gonna speak. I'm not gonna rush you anywhere. Yeah. And it still worked for me, personally. Oh, um, I loved it. Uh, I know, right? And Adam Driver, I think, is... Yeah, oh, there you go, right? That dude has been crushing it. I mean, Inside Lewin Davis. I'm trying to think of when I first saw him. Um, have you seen that? It's a Coen Brothers film. I um, never... Uh, I did see that one. Yeah, I have actually. some musician friends that... Or maybe just one that I'm picturing That's that right, doesn't like it. But I really liked that movie. I liked for, that one too. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, he crushes it. They have a new thing on Netflix. Have you seen it? Who who? The Cohen. Oh yeah, I've seen part of them. I've seen the first three shorts. Okay. The Buster Scruggs. Ballad, yeah, Ballad yeah. of Buster Scruggs, maybe. Um, Are you impressed or no? I'm imp- I am. Um, I, I know enough it. to kind of. You got to be careful with how many people you hand this to, but I kind of just. I am always impressed with the Coen Brothers, even if I don't get it or love it, right? Because yeah. like, if you do No Country for Old Men and The Big Lebowski. That's just insanity to me, right? Yeah. So, 
those guys are so awesome and somehow have managed creative control since I think their first film or to, uh, and I don't know the fine print of that but so even if I don't get it I will um, I want to know about it I want to yeah. see what they're doing that kind of thing yeah, you know sure. but a lot of their stuff I uh, also love so I thought it was cool I liked it I haven't finished it yet um, I haven't started it yet because I, I didn't want to focus so yeah I haven't been able to for me to ask for it to connect on an action metaphysical sense like no country or to connect on a um, detective hilarious sense like Big Lebowski I could never you know that would yeah. be unfair I think um, do but you it's beautiful do a lot of imagery. shorts no I don't actually um, screenwriting was like the first thing that I really got specifically I mean movies all around I've liked but screenwriting was the first thing that I really was really sucked into and that actually technically was my major even though I took was in the film school and studied took classes so that I could make films also I wanted to focus a lot on the writing um so I just really got into the idea of a feature film like that that just seems so interesting to me to tell like this full story yeah, yeah. and even though in the early stages I couldn't land it I couldn't get that many words out the um because with a screenplay, you can work on a professional level for zero dollars, whereas any other part of the art form, you have to pay money if you want a camera, if you want an audio right. equipment. So even when I was young and didn't have much money and had time, in my mind, I was trying to hit, I'm like, I can hit a professional, which to me was just finishing a full-length script, right. and then try to make something good out of it, but like, can you even type that many words at first? So, um, the So even... For a long time, the feature was how my, once I got my brain into that mode, it was hard for me to think about going smaller, um, unless you just pick a scene from the beginning or an act break or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually had my first idea, uh, th- this year I had the first short film idea come to me that has come to me in like a decade and I'm like, huh, I actually wouldn't mind making that, you know? Oh, so, yeah. So that's, yeah. that is, and if, I feel like if you're, if I was going to do that, I would probably try to do it pretty slick. Most of my stuff production, if it's something, if I'm going to do something longer, we're going to do more run and gun just because of the reality of budget. Right. right but right. if you do something shorter, it's like, oh, you could maybe make this pretty, pretty slick looking, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is not really my, I don't really care. Like if, if I'm listening to a song that's been ripped from a live video on YouTube, uh, like I've done, I've liked songs like that that are scratchy and there's, yeah, there's, yeah. I can hear the soul of the person uh, versus something that's compressed and mixed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a roundabout answer, but um, not many. Now I don't think about, I just can't get a point, a point across, right? It's like almost like I was focusing on a feature being the more pro aspect, but there is something hyper pro. I've said this example before with people, if you can write your life story in, a hundred pages and make me cry. That's freaking impressive. And if you can do it in a sentence, if you get, you know, so yeah. that's pro, right? So I, even I, as I'm talking out, it's out, there's an irony in, can you master a short film? I don't really, in film, I don't think of that as pro, but if you can do it, that's pretty skillful. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, whatever. I think of film shorts as poems. In uh-huh, definitely. Ways, and yeah, I yeah. watch them in that way. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Often. You have so to be I abstract. I really love them. Yeah. But it also, you know, the same, the way. same way for, I have novel ideas all the time, but I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's so huge. You got to really <laughs> dig that idea, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, poems, they're so comfortable. Uh-huh. They're so much smaller. Yeah. Even though like the craft of it is pretty intense, like, mm-hmm. but I still just have, you know, 
even a long poem be. still is a shorter form of sure, sure than a novel. And and then the reality of that too is if there's structure anywhere in there, then you're just putting fifty poems back to back. Really, it, I mean not really, really, but you know, or you put two hundred poems back. That's the other thing is once my brain, I not once that's not true, but I have kind of come to see it as like, oh, if you can write a scene, just keep the same character in fifty of them. You know what I mean? It's not that simple, but it's doable, right? Like to write a, a larger To do a larger thing. piece, oh, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if your brain thinks of it that way. No, it might not be true. Yeah, I don't know that I... Is it? I don't think it translates as well for poetry, but... Yeah, that's a good point. I mean... No, you, yeah. no you're totally right. It's an ab, It's a much more abstract art form. So you're talking about... Now I'm picturing uh, Tree of Life, that movie, which is like half poetry. Have you seen that? No. Terrence Malick. Oh, um, no. It's really beautiful. It's like a soup, right? Where where the uh, narrative pe- or pieces in there, but man, it's really loose, really yeah, abstract. Yeah. So no, you're totally right. When you're talking about poetry, um, that medium is so different. It isn't just keep typing, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's where that now, that's where the analogy breaks down. Out. Yeah, out, that's where the outlines though come to mind. It's huge. Uh, one thing though, as you're saying that the uh, music videos is something that I really really like. Um, so and those kind of become short films too. Yeah, so the short true. form stuff or commercials or commercials. little mini docs, yeah. But in terms of like, I want to explore an idea. I would love to do that with ninety to one hundred and twenty pages if I can. Yeah. You know what I mean, do you uh, watch that Christmas commercial? There's a retailer in um, England that does uh, a Christmas commercial every year. What is it called? A different one, or they run the same? Riley, maybe. Uh, O'Reilly oh, Auto Parts. Totally. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> It's like James Riley. I can't remember. The okay. Name. Anyway, no, they do a different one every year, okay. and it's like this big release. Anyway, the 2018 one is so good. I was just really crying, and it's essentially a short. How am I right? I'm making my second note. 2018 no. commercial that I'm never gonna find anything. I know. No, I'm gonna out. send it to you. That'll this remind is me to ask my, you later. My recall is so terrible. I always like. You gotta pick your battles on that, right? Like, there's only so many things you can memorize. Well, but I want to. Like, there. I love Lucille Clifton, and I'm uh-huh. constantly trying to tell someone one of her poems. Yeah. And they're so short. And you're just like, just memorize, freaking memorize, yes! just memorize it. No, I think that's legit. That's we don't memorize so as much anymore. Right. Yeah. And so that's something I want to be better at. Or even if I memorize it. I remember I, there was her favorite one. Is, my favorite one of hers is called After Kent State. And I yeah. remember I memorized it maybe two years ago. And now I still, I like, okay. if I'm not saying yeah. it every day, I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> funny. You just reminded me. My dad's cousin, uh, her husband, and they lived uh, very close to where I went to college in Southern California. So they kind of became like an aunt and uncle to me in that time. They had a... Um, hot tub at their house and anytime he would have a new guest in the hot tub he would recite this ballad this poem that he wanted to memorize at one point right so every time something he enjoyed that he did pretty regularly he would force himself to run through it and that that. yeah i know it got to the point where he could just knock it out and then it was like i would bring over buddies and be like we gotta get somebody new over yeah so so we can hear the hear the you know what i mean hear it again yeah so that was pretty cool capable of it because i i know beyonce songs you know exactly (laughs) so do you find the the beyonce song without lyrics and then put these poems in there and then just put it on repeat (laughs) you know what i mean that's what i need that's hilarious or just you know even i went to church with my sister you know, in the last year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, I haven't been to church in so long now. Year, I mean, years. And 
But it came time for the communion liturgy, and I know even the words that the pastor says. Oh, you still got them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, The benediction and whatnot. Oh, everything. Uh I'm like, oh, I know this liturgy. Yeah, that's funny. I can get up there and say it Mm -hmm. with full confidence. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So it's, I, I I am capable of it. I just need to be more intentional about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... Uh, really easy not not memorize stuff. It's really easy not to brainstorm your ideas out fully right now because man, it's really you got a whole entertainment system in your pocket often. Sometimes uh, and I, I have think a notepad in my pocket it. always, so I don't have to remember as much. I want to say it's James Riley, but anyway, okay. look for these commercials. Cool. They're beautiful and and they're really well done shorts. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Wes Anderson did a good. I think H and M paid him to do a short oh. film commercial. For them well, uh, last year it was pretty right nice on. Nice H and M. I know, right? <laughs> They've got some cash. Yeah, I've never told anybody to watch an H and M ad until that <laughs> happened, right? I'm sending this Wes Anderson oh, short so film. He's done, he does some fashion ones that are more like short films, like uh, Jason Schwartzman and the race carts. The second you see it, you know what you're dealing with. Right. He did a foreign commercial with Brad Pitt. It's like 15 seconds for a credit card at one point, and you can so find like a 240p like, low res version. Oh, it's so, you can it's tell. So You're either like, somebody's trying to rip him off or it's him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. There's plenty of those. I'm trying to think of what. There's a guy named Derek C. in France who, um, he made a film. He made um, Blue Valentine and then The Place Beyond the Pines and then um, something with a lighthouse uh, about a couple that finds a baby in a boat. I forget the, something about the seas between or something. Oh, but he did a couple commercials for uh, Dick's Sporting Goods that are one shots on the on the field, from like the end of a football tackle to the start of the next snap, or the end of a catcher catching a pitch to the start of the next pitch, and they're a minute each, no editing, just looking around the field, and it is so, I don't know, it's really cool. Oh, yeah. I should look at it. Um, one of the one of them. Uh, 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 I want to try to be conservative. I'll say, well, I want to say that the, I think one of them took like 80 takes or something like that. Yeah, they, I think one of them they did a whole day of shooting and didn't have it, and it's a one take. So we didn't get the commercial. We're gonna just keep trying the next day. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. But you feel that uh, sense of reality because subconsciously there's no edit in there. Yeah. Anyway, that's just Blue thinking about commercial, not a Christmas movies. commercial. Okay, cool, cool. And, and it's so funny. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Because I always pause to pause and be like, I'm not saying Blue Velvet, Hans. Right. Blue Valentine, <laughs> yeah. But man, I mean, that is a tear your heart out film, right? I want to yeah. watch, I watched it once and that's an, I'll probably watch it again at some point because it's so well done, but my <sighs> God. And they tell you right away, yeah. they don't ramp you up and ramp you down. It's a uh, cross cut in time, right? So yeah. you're starting a relationship as you're ending it. That is crazy. Yeah. Have you seen The Place Beyond the Pines then? Yeah. Okay, cool. I like that one too. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And the narrative well, stuff Both there, of them are heartbreaking films. Yeah. And they pass that, not to give too much away, but what I will just say what they do with the main character of The Place Beyond the Pines is gutsy stuff in a movie. Yeah. Oh, anyway. I love it. Oh, yeah. Love like it. I was saying, I want to talk to you about poetry. And by that, I mean just talk about movies that I like <laughs> for five minutes. Well, I think they're, yeah. you know, everything's kindred when it comes to... Uh, yeah. Maybe not everything, but most art is kindred. I feel, yeah, I don't like everything. Word, I don't like 100% words, but mm-hmm. it's all, it's, there you go, all. There's, yeah, some serious, ridiculous connections, whether it's a good-looking hat or whether it's an amazing poem or whether it's yeah. a play. Well, and definitely, I will say, especially film, for me, I realized maybe a year and a half ago that I needed to recommit to film because oh, great. to watching it. it. Yeah, yeah. 
because um, it is so much a part of what inspires me in art. Yeah. Um, it inspires a lot within me. So I feel like when I spend time in and just looking at different art forms, like if I spend some time making some music or writing a poem or taking some pictures, uh, when I turn back around to another art form, I'm so much more aware of my tools. Like, so if I write a book and realize that I can't, if I write a, a short story and realize that I can't do a montage, I'm like, oh, well, I just was going to try to do a montage and give you 50 images in 10 seconds. Right. Next time you make a movie or a short film, you're like, I better not be afraid to pull the montage card out because, you know what I'm saying? It, it's really, yeah. I, I, that I love when you realize, like, to me, an album and a movie are way more similar than a movie and a play. Right. Because because yeah. of a bunch of stuff. And that's Hans's opinion. That's not even right. But that's how I feel it. No, you know? I like that. Um, in college, uh, uh, I, I thought that the film people would get along with the theater people really well. But I feel like I connected more with the um, studio art people well because we like to share and then uh, recluse and then share and then recluse. Yeah. And a lot of the theater people were really more community, uh, more consistently. Yeah. And the film people couldn't hang with that. We needed a, some some downtime. <laughs> yeah. I that, like that. blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm learning in college. This is crazy. Yeah. Well, in a very different way of telling stories too, So right? different. Yeah. But so similar. Yeah. Because it's the same muscle. It's the same as reaching past that dude dealing with uh, his substance and you're grabbing onto that, you know, um, the core muscle of whatever's connecting with you. Well, so when I read a poem, I like to, a, a one that, okay, if I read it and I feel it in my body, then yeah. I want to spend time with it. Yeah. And I, love I you want said the feeling to. the feeling in your body thing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I want to see what the poet has done that has made, you know, made this guttural reaction or uh-huh. visceral reaction. Meaning like, okay, what was the word? What was the phrase where that hit? Right? Is that what you're talking about? Rereading it or no? No. I mean, Not like that literally literal. looking at... Okay, where did they break this line? Or or the, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Maybe maybe exactly like yeah, oh my like, gosh, really... they literally cut this in half, and that's where right. I felt disconnected. That's where I realized oh this is a trick. That's where I realized right. okay cool yeah yeah just like oh, paying attention stuff. the I mean, hyper specific right yeah my teacher always talks about you know rather than thinking about telling the time uh huh pick the clock apart right like right. you know break down the parts of the clock and then see how they put it back together yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And so that's, I guess that would be the best uh, imagery to use metaphor of just, you know, looking at how this clock was built. Which comes by spending time with it. Right, yeah. So, but I realized that I like to watch movies. Some, if I like a movie, I like to kind of like yeah. start paying attention to, and I don't know enough about film to know what the filmmaker was doing, but then I love to be like, oh, this is what was happening in the background or this, yeah. or I see that, you know, they were trying to do this. And then I think to myself, okay, what would it be like to play this out in a poem? Right. Right. And, and, or I like to try to do that with a painting. Like, um, how did they, and you know, a lot more, that? you know, a lot more than you realize. Cause you've been watching and noticing, you know, even though you didn't, you can't tell me what that term is, or I can't read this. It's, I think it's more for film than it's for poetry because film is in our face so much. But you are like, right. I don't know how they do this. But then, oh, but I de- I'm still able to deconstruct it because you do know more. Right, yeah. You or you realize maybe there was some kind of, you know, yeah. a lot of times there's literary influences in some films right, sure. that I'm able to pick up on. And so then I'm Connection. like, okay, what if I play with that? Yeah. So anyway, I think, you know, and 
sometimes I do that with, a, you know, just random things around town. You know, if I see Comparing secret graffiti yeah. on the wall and yeah. I'm like, oh, what would it be like for my poem to be graffiti on a wall? Yeah. And not literally graffiti, but like... No, no, no. What, what, I... what is graffiti on a wall? What is that in poetry? Yes. What does it look like in poetry? Yeah. Uh, even graffiti on the wall to poetry. Of course, you're not going to recreate this, but how would it look in my art form if we're going to do that? How can I... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which wakes you up to the muscles that poetry has. Yes. And and um, there is a... As I'm like trying to get you back to what you were saying, and now I'm just taying No, that's saying, exactly but, what yeah, I was saying. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, Roberto Bolaño, who is a Chilean, South American, he traveled around, but uh, poet, and then also wrote uh, books later, novels later in life. But um, he has a multi-part story, and if anybody's going to read 2666 at some point, I guess, then you can skip ahead for a second if you don't want a spoiler. But... Um, and maybe I just missed it in the book or something, but uh, um, there's a story. We jumped to f- basically five different stories, and one of them is a professor and his daughter, and then the next one is a journalist um, and uh, going to travel uh, and study these murders that are happening in Mexico, and it, he ends the episode by kind of trying to save this girl um, that he's run into, kind of at I don't know where, but um, and then I, if I'm remembering this correctly, the last line of the um, section was they told us that the girl was the daughter from the story before right so and i sat back and was like whoa right there's a way to do that in a movie but um man it's gonna be really hard if every shot you have to put her face in the darkness like you know what i mean maybe it's years later you you would do it that way in a movie right you'd have to make it years later so you don't recognize her right right but that was just a really cool thing that i was like man this guy just blew my mind i didn't even know like i didn't see that as much in a book but see i love that that you just did that because mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, this is how I would translate yep. that. Yeah. That's what I like to do. Just play. Yeah. That's, I think that if I were to create a goal for 2019, poetry. And we can shut it down after after this, too. Yeah. Like we're perfect. Yeah. yeah. It would be that playfulness. Of, okay. And, 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 and I feel like I've been practicing that. But um, I remember when I first started writing poetry when I was a kid. That's what I loved. I, I I reference it now as if like that was my playground uh-huh. to these words. Yeah. Were this sense of playground and I want to just do that more now. Yeah. Like just throw it all to the wind, play. See see what language can do and right. how it can bend and getting jump back to on it. it. Which is sitting with it also it. sitting with it more, right? What what we maybe need to ask from people reading it is what you're trying to ask yourself. Spend more time with it. Don't rush through it. Sit on this word. Come yeah. at it from this angle. Put it next to a happy word. Put it next to a sad yeah. word. How, what does it mean? You know what yeah. I mean? Write the poem and then be like, what would this poem look like as a receipt? I don't know. But, yeah. you know, yeah. like, just oh, no. really yeah. playing yeah. with lots of different things. Yeah. So, anyway. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's good. So, that's, yeah, that's a good note to end on then. The focus of 2019 on the poetic poetic focus for you is get back to more of that, yeah. the youngster side of it. In a focused way where you're having fun. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and maybe still about death. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, but... Well, you're an adult now, you can... Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying it's going to be playful, happy poems, but... Yeah, I'm just going to write but, about puppies this year, that's it. Yeah. Just puppies that puppies live forever. Puppies and rainbows. Puppies in heaven oh, that never had to die. Puppies forever, I yeah. wish. Yeah, I yeah. wish. Uh, right on. Well, uh, Thank you. If it, yeah, there you go. If they start asking for puppies and rainbows, though... Uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, no, this is great. Thanks. This is cool. I mean, to run through all of it, and 
Yeah, it's so good to chat with you. Yeah. Um, uh, outside of a wedding. <laughs> I know we were joking before we started that most of our social hangouts are, are at weddings. And that is, there's a weird, uh, not that weddings are uh, good or bad necessarily in terms of this, but there's a weird camaraderie that comes up from that, right? Yeah. Of being like, you feel like you've weathered some storms, you know, just because you don't know what's coming at a wedding. You yeah. feel like, okay, I know that. Oh, they're here. Okay, thank goodness. Like, yeah, yeah I'm going to go in the corner and just, we're going to talk. You find your people. Yeah. yeah, it's a good, yeah, it's a good teammate. Thing. Also, I always need some, Patrick is, my Patrick, my partner, he's always going to be on uh-huh. at a wedding. And so I always need to know that someone is going to laugh with him and I can count on you I, to I find him, him to be funny. I him I'm like, oh, sweet. Okay, cool. I'm going to go over there. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, he's so funny. So most people end up laughing with him, but. Yeah, he's good to, to BS with and Hans kind of kick it back and the, forth. Yeah, yeah good. Well, I'm glad that that's, we're on the same page with that then. I love this. I love the awesome. podcast. Glad, cool. Glad you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for coming out. And uh, I feel like we dove into it. I'm, I'm going to be excited to at least um, find out what the heck we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. Awesome. All right. Thank you.